And now, introducing a man who is taking a page out of the books of Cunningham, Brady, Weddle, McVay, and Donald by going out on top. That's right, after he, quote, waxes the back of that bastard out in Arizona, unquote, he's retiring to Phoenix to watch the Suns chase a championship, join a pickle of the month club, and take up golf with Andrew Stecka. When reached for comment, he said, between Nestor and Pressbox, I've obtained riches beyond my wildest dreams. The show is in good hands with Cass and Paul. It'll be the Papa Cass and Daddy Peeve show. This is his swan song. He is Glenn Clark. It's the radio station that doesn't exist anymore. We, we don't we don't say that name. We don't do that. <laughs> I was not someone who deserves any attention anywhere in the world. So, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Paul Valley. Uh, Papa Cass is here as well on a Tuesday edition of the program, which means she'll have a top five for us a little bit later on. Uh, coming up on the program today, we are going to talk some college hoops and lacrosse. Our buddy Patrick Stevens joins us as he does every Tuesday morning. Speaking of college hoops, Terry Nolan Jr., the pride of Mount Carmel, Towson's own, and um, someone who's been part of something special coming back to his hometown this season. Of course, a Mount Carmel alum. He's a remarkable individual and a heck of a basketball player. And he's helped the Tigers have an outstanding season up till this point. They got a huge game down at UNC Wilmington on Thursday. First place at stake in the CAA. It's on national TV. We will talk to him about that. Also this morning, it's been a long time since we caught up with Haseem Rahman, the former heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah, the man who once upon a time stunned the planet. Absolutely one of the greatest upsets in the history of heavyweight boxing occurred. I want to say it was in South Africa. It was somewhere. I remember it happening overnight. I was a senior in high school when Haseem Rahman, Baltimore's own, stunned the planet and became the heavyweight champion of the world by delivering a knockout over Lennox Lewis. It was 21 years ago. I am old. I am so old. We're going to catch up with Haseem Rahman. He's got an appearance coming up uh, this Saturday night at the uh, Carroll County Ag Center for a Baltimore boxing event. Is it Saturday is it Friday? It might be Friday if I mean, think about that. It might be Friday. Um, and uh, BaltimoreBoxing.com, you can find out more, get your tickets. But uh, love what they do. And uh, it's been a long time since we caught up with Haseem Rahman, so we're going to do that today. So a lot to do on the program um, so today was the day that pitchers and catchers were supposed to report. Today was supposed to be the uh, unofficial start of spring training, and of course it is not. Obviously, no pitchers nor catchers are reporting just about anywhere. And it led me to the question, and I want to get your thoughts on this today. Have you started being angry yet? For those of you that live and breathe baseball, like baseball is your lifeblood, my guess is you've been some level of angry the entire time. Most of us, we just don't feel that way, right? It doesn't impact us until our, it impacts us. And with there being no games, it was what I said when the, the lockout began. There's nothing to lock out. There's nothing going on. There's no work stoppage because there's no work. This is, it's not a thing. Now that we've gotten to the point where we're getting close, has it started making you angry yet? Or are we still mostly indifferent? Are we indifferent until we're talking about... Is everything okay over there? You good? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something for the show. Okay. I apologize. All right, I'm, I'm, all right, all right. Let's try to do that during a break. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, are, are we at the point now where we're angry? Is the question. Like, are we at the point, or does it take us getting to opening day to be angry? Does it take us getting to, is it maybe a question in Baltimore of, hey, the games themselves don't really matter, so I'm not going to be angry at all. What does it take for us to be actually angry? Actually angry about there not being baseball at the moment. And I feel like for some people, I don't know that pitchers and catchers report. I feel like that's more of an anomaly than it is anything else. I don't feel like it's the day where suddenly emotions change, but I couldn't help but notice how many of those tweets were going out today. I couldn't help but notice how many people were saying, today was supposed to be the day, this was when it was going to happen. Like It felt like there was some line of demarcation today. So that's what I'm looking for. Paul, you of course care more about baseball than most people do. So I, I sense that you are probably someone who would be more likely to say I'm already angry than someone who's still waiting on the games to be angry about it. I still have the date of March 1st in my head for when they're going to start spring training. That's been in my head for months now. Um, but I'm, I'm irritated with both sides. Uh, I, I feel like Major League Baseball came out and said last Thursday that they were going to make a good faith proposal. And there was nothing about their proposal that we've heard anyway yep. that was good faith. That, none of it. And now yep. they're talking about cutting more minor league jobs as part of their new CBA. And it just it's just such a bad look for the league. And then the Players Association, their hands are kind of tied because literally the proposal that Major League Baseball put out there is so far away from what the players are asking. Correct. What choice do they have? Really, they're not going to bend over backwards and say, fine, we'll just go with what you want. So they're kind of handcuffed. But they also... There's a really dumb column that Jim Bowden wrote about that yesterday for The Athletic where he was like, the players should just basically... You be the heroes here, right? Like, the F is that. Them them taking less than what they deserve is not being a hero. It's it's doing something for somebody else. When Look, the fans are the ones that suffer the most through all this, and we, I think we can all agree on that. But the players, they get screwed over in every CBA. They need to get theirs, and I, it's and di- I get It's that. difficult. I can't go with screwed over, right? Like, this is the difficult part of having these conversations, is that I do probably side more with the players than the owners, but like we can't pretend as though the players aren't making not Thank only you, insane amounts of money, but even in comparison to other professional athletes, a more insane amount of money, right? Like We, we do have to recognize that, that there's no one, maybe NBA players because there's so few of them, right? Like that the average salary ends up being, there's only what, thir- 15 guys on a roster, mm-hmm. so... And like they might, they might technically end up making a little bit more, but on the whole, baseball players make more than any sport that exists for a less, you know, uh, there's less risk. I think the obvious comparison people make is between baseball players and football players, right? And of course, we all know football players play 16 games. There's only so many opportunities in order to um, to monetize that, whereas baseball players are able to play 160. Right. But it's difficult to say words like screwed over right. because you're like. It's hard for me to believe that anybody's getting screwed over when the average salary is X amount of dollars, to, right? Co- compared to people like you and me, they're not yes. getting screwed over. Compared right. to these billionaire owners who are squabbling over what amounts to pennies for them, they, they are. But you're right. Screwed over when, when your audience is 
people like you and me, probably not the correct terminology. But I can also get irritated with the Players Association because they knew what the original number was that the league came with for that bonus pool for the pre-arbitration players. Sure. And they basically respond. They took it as a slap in the face. And instead of saying, okay, well, this could be more realistic, they came with another slap in the face by only lowering their asking price by but $5 But is that, million. okay, I'm going back to the question, though. Is that specifically what made you angry? Or I'm, I'm, I'm still confused. The, Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred coming out, on Thursday and saying this is a good proposal, this is a good faith proposal, and then seeing what the proposal was, that made me angry because okay. it's and I've said this before, it's a pissing contest right now. Nobody's actually trying to get anything done. It's trying to get as much as they can as possible, it, it, and that's what's irritating me because now you're cutting into baseball. Football's over. Now you're cutting into baseball. Uh, you're not losing spring training games yet, but you've already lost your report date. That's not even when they get a deal done. You're probably gonna have to wait another week. It's getting down to the nitty gritty now. It's getting down to to go time, and they haven't gotten close to agreeing on anything. Okay, I and I, I boy, I guess I just expected it, so it doesn't. That specifically doesn't bother me. And also, part of it is I'm I'm less interested in the minutia of the debate than someone who's probably an ardent... Like again, I'm not... I'm not... I can't possibly be someone who's bothered by X billion versus X billion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't get me to care strongly about that one way or another. It's just impossible for you to do it. Again, the bare minimum of what I know about the situation, unquestionably this isn't good faith negotiating. Like, I can get that, but it's still difficult for me to care about whether players get this amount of dollars versus this amount of dollars. We've talked before. Like, you brought up yesterday the fact that, hey, minor league baseball players have never been played in spring training. Like, that's fair, but that doesn't still feel like the right answer. And, like, now Major League Baseball is sort of saying, we want to eliminate... And another, what was the chunk? Another 40 players, something like that? 30 players. You, Some, can, you can have more, but they want to basically eliminate 30 players from from every minor league system. Correct. They basically want to say, we want less and less that we're obligated to, to be on the hook for. And there's a part of me, and I've said this all along, that kind of gets it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very difficult spot to be in where... You don't need these. There, there are not a hundred guys in your system that are going to become major league baseball players. Right. They're not. There isn't close to that. That there maybe is half of that, and I. That's a maybe. There's half of that, right? Like they're just not going to become major. There's so many guys within a system that are just there for the sake of continuing their own baseball dream, getting to keep saying they're a professional baseball player. Or whatever it is, or or because no one's had the ability to come to him and say, "Dude, you're just you're not going to get there, right?" Like they're still holding out some crazy belief that they can be a major league baseball player one day. So I've always had conflicting feelings about that, and I can't change that today just because major league baseball has pissed me off. Like I still come back to, I'm not sure how this system is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. I don't want minor league baseball to go away because I know how much it affects in communities like Frederick and Salisbury and Aberdeen and places like that. It's a really big deal. But at the same time, does it make sense for major league baseball teams to be playing that many players when they know they're not they're 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 just doing it to almost prop up the existence of minor league baseball? I, there is a warranted conversation to be had about that. That is not irrelevant. That's a legitimate debate. If you want to keep all of your money, 
fine. We're doing the math, and we're saying the best way for us to make money is to say we get rid of more minor league baseball players. You feel good about that? You're costing more other guys opportunities. It, it, I understand it's not that. It shouldn't be that cutthroat. There should be a, uh, more of an ability to find a, a middle ground between these things, but I can't dismiss the fact that there's probably a point to be made there, that there just aren't that many players. With it. We do these top 20 lists. All the, uh, Keith Law just put out a new top 20 prospect list for the Baltimore Orioles and the Athletic. Not all 20 of them are going to end up being Major League Baseball players. The majority right. of them will. You know, 15 of them, 16, 17 maybe will be. But there will be guys within the top 20 who are never – maybe that's unfair. Probably all 20 will make the major leagues at some point. Probably. But becoming real major league baseball players, like guy that get, guys that get more of a cup of, than a cup of coffee, 15 of them. Impact major league baseball players? Five. Maybe. To, to up to half, right? Yeah. Like up to half of them will become impact major league baseball players. And that's in the top 20 of your prospects. I, there, It's a conversation. It's not something I'm just going to dismiss because major league baseball's mean. Like I get it. I get where they're coming from. The anger thing, I'm still not there. I'm still not there and I'm not going to be there. And I don't know that even I'll be the one that will be there Again, this is the difficult part for me. Because I know this season wasn't going to matter for the Orioles, and because this season wasn't going to matter for, in, in a wins-losses capacity, and because it wasn't going to matter for the Orioles from a wins-losses capacity, I was going to be less interested in baseball as a whole. That's just the way I've, I've been very open about that. When the Orioles aren't good, I have less interest in baseball until we get closer to the postseason. On the whole, not none, not zero. I'll pay attention. I'll know what's going on, but I'm not going to be living and dying night after night with what's happening to other teams because that interest typically comes with when they're playing against the Orioles. It's the way it works for me. So I'm not likely to be angry at any point. I, I like opening day as much as the next guy, although honestly in the last five years I have not been as committed to needing to be at opening day every year. Um... You know, I, I'm I'm past the age of going and getting drunk. I'm past all of that, right? Like the Cass, you an opening day fan? Yeah, yeah. Cass is young, so she fits in this category. Like I'm I'm past the that part of it, the the party of opening day. Like that's the part that sounds the worst to me at this point. Like he's doing the whole bar hopping thing and you know dealing with people that are like in their own vomit. Like I'm I'm Ugh. I'm beyond the guys that are walking around in diapers. I'm beyond any of that. Like I. That will not be for me again, but I still always like the reminder that it's it's spring, right? Like it was a, it's still a cultural event um, in any community, no matter what. But admittedly, within the last five years, and in part because the Orioles are not good, it I have been less inclined. Um, particularly last year when it was like, you know, we're gonna have what was it? What was the capacity for opening day? Ten thousand, eleven thousand. A couple buddies were like, "You want to go?" I'm like, "Let's somebody who really cares go, man." Like I. I'd just be going to go. Like, it, there's a limited amount of tickets available. I'll let somebody else have them. You know, I, that's sort of the way that I felt about it. Um, this year, I would probably go. You know, I would. I probably would. But it. I admit that it doesn't mean the same thing to me because, again, I don't think the team's going to be very good. If, if, look, if it was Adley Rutschman's first game, I'd almost certainly go. Right? I don't know if it would have been in a normal situation or not. But if it was. There's no doubt that I would be there for opening day this season. Of course, you know, they would make those tickets a little bit more hard to come by uh, should it have been Adley Rutschman's first game. 
the moral of the story being I, that's that's the part that I struggle with with anger, right? Like I struggle with I I don't know when would be the first time that I would truly be angry about there not being a baseball game. I, it's nice accompaniment for the first couple of weeks. And then if the team's as bad as you think they are, it becomes anger. I, like, I, I don't want to watch any longer because it bothers me. I don't, I don't want to have to put up with the fact that Matt Harvey is pitching. Like, I don't want that. I don't want to experience things that are a waste of my time. I'd rather watch something else. Uh, the, 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 as it, Mrs. Maisel's coming back to Amazon. I'd rather – there was something else that I, was, I felt like I was going to be excited about, and I've already forgotten what it was, and it's driving me crazy. Maybe Bel Air? No, HBO. I'm not excited about that. I watched the first. I thought it was on episode. Peacock. It's on HBO. I thought it was on Peacock. Oh, it's Peacock. Okay. You're right. You're right. Um, no, it's not Bel Air. I'm not really sure if I think that looks any I good. I watched or not. the first episode. It was intriguing enough to continue watching, but it didn't. I, I get that like great. the premise is interesting, but like, mm, it's, I don't think it's for me. I just don't think it's for me. No, there was something else that was coming. Oh, oh, they're doing a Leonard Kenny's doing a spinoff. They're doing a Shorzy spinoff. That's what I'm excited about. You're a Letterkenny fan? No? Oh, get out of here. I'm just laughing at you. What? Because I'm excited about something? How dare I be excited? Jeez, it's a very weird bit. I'm very excited about there being a Shorzy spinoff. I couldn't be more excited about that. That's coming to Hulu, and that's going to be a good thing. I'll spend my evenings with that instead of spending my evenings with bad baseball. Now, again, there is the, the, the one in a million chance that you get something that you don't expect, right? And that all of a sudden you're like, wow, this team is far more competitive than we believed they were going to be. And then you're really angry if you don't get that. But there's no real reason to think that's going to occur. Um, so yeah, for me, not anger. It was the first time that I sort of noted it when I started seeing all of the tweets about pitchers and catchers today. Like I, I was like, oh, yeah, Okay, like it's. I guess it's real. A lot of people are making a big deal about how when the Super Bowl ends, you're like, now it's supposed to be baseball's turn, but it's not. Like, there's no baseball. There isn't an actual real baseball game still to be played for a month and a half. There are other sports going on. Like, there are there are actual major sports that are happening. It's not baseball's turn when football season ends. The NBA, the NHL. There's an Olympics happening. Like there's there's so much college basketball that's all going on. It's not baseball's turn when football season ends. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like I I don't know who in the world likes sports but only specifically likes football and baseball. Like I don't know who that person is that those are the only two sports you care about at all. It's a really weird bit because if you're that person, then you're right. When football season ends, I guess it's baseball's turn because you don't like anything else. But if that's it, you're strange cat, man. <laughs> like strange cat who chooses to be a fan of sports, but only uniquely those two sports and nothing else. I refuse to like golf. I refuse to be interested in soccer. Refuse. We'll only watch baseball and football. That's, that's a weird bit. Uh, Paul and Lando, I dealt with the split season of 81 because of a strike that screwed the O's out of the playoffs and the 94 strike that screwed everyone. I'm just annoyed at baseball in general, both owners and the players union. They're both greedy idiots in a sport that's lagging in popularity. I think it's part of the problem we have when we try to decide one way or the other is that, again, overwhelmingly, most people say, look, I don't really care who's right and who's wrong. None of you care about me. And it's what I said at the beginning of all of this. It's getting the, the public to try to swing to your side is impossible. You can't get the public to side with either the owners or the players because none of them have my interests in mind. 
None of them are thinking about me. The conversation we had last week about the Ravens raising their ticket prices, like the, nobody in the process, nobody's sitting there considering, well, what's going to be best for Steve Stevenson? What's going to be best for Papa Cass? What's going to be like nobody's sitting there saying, how do we do what's best for that person? So you can't, you can't get me to side with you and to say you're the here, you're the protagonist, they're the antagonist, because you don't give a rat's ass about me. You don't care what comes out of my cable bill every month in order to have Masson. You don't care about whether or not I'm able to afford bringing my family to a baseball game. That is not your concern. In that way, the owners can lie better than the players can, right? The owners can say, well, we've got to, you know, if, if, if we can't get this number, this number, then we're going to have to charge more for ticket prices. Or something. Like, they can lie, but that's not really what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're just lying for the sake of lying at that point because all they really care about is profits. The players, even if I think they're the ones that are more in the right, they are still concerned about themselves and not about me or you or anybody else. Like, they're just not. Nor do I expect they should be. But it makes it more difficult to say, I'm on their side or I support them. They're the heroes in this. And it's the difficulty that we have with all of this. Um, From Chris... Chris says, uh, Glenn, I also noticed all the tweets about pitchers and catchers today. I don't think it got me to angry, but it definitely was the first time I felt annoyed. Say what you will about the team being bad. I still like checking in to see what I could be excited about and whether there's another Cedric Mullins-type season on the horizon from someone I didn't expect. I am a sucker for it being spring and there being baseball somewhere. Okay, I think that's a a very fair uh, way of saying it. And from Dan... Dan says, uh, Glenn, no, not angry and probably won't be angry until we actually get to opening day or the point at which they announced there won't be an opening day. Well, I mean, there will be an opening day, Dan. They just would be moving it to a different date. Like They're always if they play baseball. There'll be a first baseball game this season. That will be the the opening day, no matter when it is. Um, I, I, th- I do. I do still think that that's probably the most likely scenario, as we've talked about a million times. While it matters to people in Florida and in Arizona that there wouldn't be the same spring training scenario, it matters to a very small group of people that would be traveling down from here. And, you know, if anything, you're saving a little bit of money, right? Like, there's always the, yeah, it sucks. I'd like to take that trip to Florida, but it also puts a bunch of money back in my pocket that I would have spent otherwise. So uh, it's all gravy, right? Like, I'll. I can use that. Maybe I'll go to Vegas instead or something along those lines. There's there's a feeling about that. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter about angry. That's what I'm talking about, specifically angry. Does that make you angry realizing today was the day the pitchers and catchers were supposed to report? Today's show is also brought to you by Glory Day's Grill, home of the incredible, impeccable smoky thigh wings. And there's still time for you to take advantage of some of the other items on their seasonal menu like the grilled meatloaf sandwich, the house-made meatloaf, the short rib grilled cheese. It's all available at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. All right, when we come back in, uh, a couple other things I wanted to get to. Dan Patrick Stevens is going to join us. We're going to talk some college hoops, some college lacrosse. Uh, it's still, oh, uh, you got a top five today, Cass? You, why aren't you talking to the microphone? I do have a top five. Uh, you want to tease what the subject is? Has something to do with the show that came out. Something that, to do with the sh- just with the show that came out. Mm-hmm. I don't. That it just finished. It's a it's a Marvel show. A Marvel show. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Hawkeye? That's one of Something. them. I mean, that's one that I've watched. But yeah. so, all, right, all right, all right. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. Cast is top five. We'll get to that this morning as well. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms after being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. AATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. The latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcasts. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, and if you missed it last night, Stan the Fan Charles and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Oriole Dave Johnson. You can find that right now by going to facebook.com slash pressboxsports or going to pressboxonline.com slash video. Yeah, Jeff, this is what I was just talking about. Jeff says, in today's climate, I'm angry that these idiots do not care about the people that support them. We are getting screwed and they could care less. Well, I don't, I'm also going to struggle with saying we are getting screwed either. Like, you could say... It's disappointing that at the moment we don't have baseball, but does that qualify as getting screwed? I'm not really I'm not really sure that I agree with that either. This is maybe the libertarian in me. If it doesn't affect me, it doesn't affect me. In my actual life, it doesn't affect me that pitchers and catchers didn't report to spring training today. Professionally, it might because it's one less thing to talk about, but in my actual life, like when I go home tonight and see my wife and kids, there will be no conversation about, God, this is so difficult. Pitchers and catchers weren't in Sarasota today. Like that doesn't impact me in any way. So I, I, I can't, Jeff, I can't agree with you that we're getting screwed. We're not. 
Now, you want to kind of come up with a different term in order to explain it, that it's more it's more costly to be a baseball fan than it was once upon a time, that they're making it so that it's more difficult to support. Like, There's certainly plenty of ways to go about, I think, explaining what it is that you're trying to say. To say we're getting screwed? No. Like, we're getting screwed by gas prices. We have to get gas. That That's yeah. screwing us. I just went on a rant to my wife about that yesterday. I mean, I, I spent... De- you, you want me to vote? I, I don't care about politics at all. I'll never mm-hmm. care about politics. You just won't get Same. me to care. Like, who you're voting, I don't care. I don't care whatsoever. But you suddenly want me to get you to care about somebody? Find somebody who can fix that. You fix the gas prices, and none of them have. Let's make this abundantly clear. I don't care what team you're on. Nobody's done anything about it. This team hasn't done it. That team hasn't done it. Nobody's done anything about it. In fact, they've done exactly the opposite, which is they've bent over to oil companies over and over and over and over again because apparently the oil company is the one that set the stock, the, the stock market, right? Like, I, it infuriates me. It's a conversation I don't really want to have here because it's not what we do. You want to fix something, fix that, right? Like, we're getting screwed there because we have to have gas because um, the, the big auto companies forced out all of the, the abil- availability to get a – you know, a reasonably pl- priced um, electric car. That's that's not something the average person can deal with. We're getting screwed there. Baseball, you can choose not to watch baseball if you don't want. You can wake up tomorrow and say, "Cost too much to go to a baseball game. I'm not going to go." God, I, I don't I don't want to pay twelve dollars a month for a cable network that I only watch for a handful of baseball games. Cut the cord. You can do all those things. Those are those are options for you. The average American can't stop getting gas. That that's screwing us. The baseball thing, I, I can't I just can't join you there. I don't think it's that dramatic. But I'll be, I'll be honest, uh, I love baseball more than most people and even I'm bored with the first week to two weeks of spring training I, I, until they start playing exhibition but games. I still and, even, and even then right. after the after I still like the don't even know game. that even they miss games and I say I'm getting screwed, right? Yeah. Like it's I'd a, never it's say a, screwed It's over. a bummer. Like I I wish that I had baseball games to watch, but I'm not getting screwed. No, there are real problems. There are legitimate issues that exist within society. We might have to send young men to a war zone in Europe pretty soon. And women. Let me make that very clear. We might have to send young men and women to a war zone in Russia and the Ukraine here in a couple of weeks. That's getting screwed. Yeah. Like, this ain't it, man. We are just, like, as baseball fans, we're being inconvenienced. Correct. We're being inconvenienced is what it is. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I prefer to have baseball, but I, I just can't join you on getting screwed. Like, that. it's a bridge too far for me to go that route, right? But I get it. At the point that, that you're trying to make, taking away that word, definitely is relevant, which is what I was just talking about. It's why it's so difficult for for us to be on anybody's side in this because nobody's priority is the fans. Nobody's priority is the average person. Nobody's priority is we have to make the game more affordable. We have to m- give a better touch to the average person of the game. So I, I get what you're attempting to say. I just didn't like the verbiage of how you went about saying it. All right, two things really quickly from uh, Joe. Joe says, Glenn, did you see the interview that Novak Djokovic did? I did. I I don't really have much more to say about it. He says he's just going to keep not going and playing. If they continue to keep vaccine mandates in place, that he's just not going to play the Grand Slam events, which 
you know, is is very significant given the history that he's chasing, given the fact that he, you know, by not playing in Australia, allowed Rafael Nadal to move one slam title ahead of him. And now Nadal sits at 21 while he sits at 20. And that's a it's a massive thing in terms of who's going to end up finishing with the most. It's 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 quite it's I don't get it, but it's it's dramatic. There's no doubt about that. It's dramatic, right? Like. I, again, I don't really care about what I just don't you're not going to get me to care about who's vaccinated, who's not. I think you should. I think it's better for everybody if you get vaccinated, but I'm not that guy. Like I'm just not going to be that guy. I'm I can't fathom having something at stake and choosing not to do it. Like I just can't fathom that. Even if I wasn't Novak Djokovic, if I was just a guy that was like a decent tennis player, you know what I mean? Like if I was just somebody who had a chance to to play I can't fathom passing on being able to do what I do for a living over something that you can't you can't prove to me there's a benefit for you to not get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to say about the vaccine, you can say whatever you want to say about it, whatever questions you have, whatever say everything you want to say. What you can't prove to me is that you've got a benefit by not being vaccinated. There's no way to prove that. And the fact that you're willing to trade that in to not be able to do what it is that you do, that is wild. I can't fathom that. I just can't fathom that. Now, a lot of people don't like Novak Djokovic, so the response to this is going to be, ta-ta, like so sad. Sorry, Chief. You ain't getting us. I, I think that there is this feeling like at some point that someone like Novak Djokovic has that the general public will side with him and be angry and say, let you know, start chanting, let him play, let him play. Let, like that, I think that they really believe there's going to be like some movie scene that's going to unfold where, you know, like we, we force our way in. And I just read the room, man. Like that's not, there's, there's a portion of society that 100%, you know, hates vaccine mandates and will support you. There is that portion of society exists, but it's, it's not even 50-50. That scene that you're looking for to unfold just isn't going to unfold. If they decide in France and they decide at Wimbledon that you got to be vaccinated, then the rest of the players are going to say, okay, cool, we're going to go play. <laughs> like, that's the way that works. I, Kaz, you had to, right? All the athletes at Stevenson had to get vaccinated, didn't they? Wasn't that a, a mandate on, uh, or, or maybe it wasn't Stevenson. Maybe it's somewhere else that I'm thinking of. I mean, it was a mandate. Like, you, there was an email that sent out that you said that you have to be vaccinated. But then obviously there are some students that right, email my, emailed back and was like, you know, I don't want to get vaccinated. So you're able to not be vaccinated. Okay. You just have to get tested weekly. So there's a trade-off. So it's not, I guess that's not really a mandate then right. as much as it's like a, we're asking you to type of thing. And I'm, right. look, I, probably in my, this again, the libertarian part of me probably prefers it that way, but I get it. I get it. We're trying to eradicate a virus. Like I understand what we're trying, or a disease, frankly. Like I understand what we're doing here. And if that's what they decide, that's what they decide. It's their right, right? This is this does go back to my the, the libertarian side of me. It is also the French Open and the Australian Open or whoever it is right to say, this is how we do our business here. You can be a part of it or not. That's your choice. It's up to you. This is what we're doing. You want to be a part of it? Great. You don't? You don't. I, it is wild. It's a wild choice for someone to make. It's, it's, it's crazy to me that with this much at stake, it's something that you're willing to do for something that, again... If you could prove to me that there was a benefit, you can try to do whatever you know science you want to do about you know the, the vac. If you could prove to me there was a benefit from not being vaccinated, let's have that conversation. You can't. You can't prove that. I mean, I'm I'm literally a D three college player, and 
the fact that it probably would make my life a lot harder not to be vaccinated and like playing could be what maybe not possible just because I don't get a vaccine. I got the vaccine. Right. Whether I wanted to or not, I got it for the sake of the sport. So it brings up questions for me for someone who's in the Olympics or even any kind of sport that's pro and says, you know, I don't want to get it but I've worked my whole life for it, and I'm in this like, this big is spot. All, all I am as a tennis, like, this is Novak Djokovic we're talking about. This is this is what you do. And this is, it's worth it. I, it's just, it's wild to me. It's wild to me. I can understand from, like, both, like, sides, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. If I was, if I got invited to, what, go play in the Olympics for soccer or something? Right. I'm sorry I'm getting the yeah, vaccine. Right. Like, if that's I'm what it requires, going, I'm correct. Going. If that's yeah. it, I'm Yeah, going. you're going to make the World Cup, but like, ah, gosh, gee, gosh, golly, I just don't think I can go. Like, come on, man. <laughs> that is nuts to me. It's nuts, but look, man, it's it's what it is. And then from uh, Ryan, Ryan said, um, Glenn, have you started focusing on the quarterback, the uh, the impending quarterback carousel in the NFL and how things are going to fall out? And what do you think the timeline is for the first move that we're going to see? Admittedly, with the season now being over, I still have a football fix that I need, and I don't want to wait until the start of free agency. Um no, I don't have any sort of timeline for that. I mean, I, I don't. Uh, honest to God, I have no idea when the first move is going to be. And of course, you can make trades before the start of free agency. So if Russell Wilson is going to be traded, the weirder part to me about, like, say, Russell Wilson is Seattle didn't fire Pete Carroll. The thought was if they were doing this, they were, they were unloading everything. Like, they were just acknowledging we're starting all over again. And if they kept Pete Carroll, why trade away Russell Wilson? Like, why feel the need to let Pete Carroll have a new young quarterback. I, I, I don't I don't get that at all. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just I haven't paid as much attention to it, but when they kept Pete Carroll, I thought to myself, that was their way of signaling that we're going to try again with Russell Wilson. Now, they clearly have other issues they need to deal with on that football team, but I, I, I don't I, – I thought the, I, the concept there was we just blow through everything. We just – we start all over again here in Seattle – move on from the quarterback, get a new head coach, tie the new head coach to a new quarterback, draft a new a young quarterback, and move forward that way. If they're not doing that, I, I, don't, I really don't know what they're doing. Maybe that's the, the play next year because they don't like any quarterbacks in this year's class. Yeah, maybe that's the case. That's the, I, I don't, but why hold on to the – why trade the quarterback and hold on to the coach for an extra year just for the fun, the fun of it? Maybe – I mean, I can see people thinking that the combination of Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson is good enough to run to, – to, no, That's to what I'm saying. The, run, run it back yeah. together yeah. makes all the sense in the world. I just don't know why you'd keep Pete Carroll and move on from Russell oh, okay. Wilson. Like, that's the part that I, – I, I don't think you do. I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. I have maintained that as much bluster and as much drama has surrounded it, in, until Aaron Rodgers actually gets traded, I'm going to work under the assumption that he doesn't. The Packers still hold a lot of the cards. Aaron Rodgers was pissed off a year ago, and they just said, dude, sorry, we're keeping you. That's the way it's going to go. And they ultimately worked it out. I, I don't really see a reason why that doesn't happen again this year. Again, I can be surprised, and we can wake up tomorrow, and Aaron Rodgers is a Bronco, and, and that's what it is. But I'm still going to work under the assumption that the quarterback carousel sounds juicier than it actually proves to be. And the quarterback carousel is more guys like Kirk Cousins and Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, insert names there for a bunch of teams that realize they're going to have to draft a quarterback even if they don't think this class is all that good because I, th this is the thing we keep doing where we keep trying to pretend like there's some world in which it makes sense to move on from quarterbacks that work. 
At the end of the day, you either have a quarterback or you don't. And if you're a team that has a quarterback, why in the world do you want to suddenly become a team that doesn't tomorrow? What is appealing about that? Stop. We just say things to say it. I get it. There's awkwardness between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and social media and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know that Kyler Murray is one of the top seven quarterbacks in the NFL, but I know he is one. I know you're better off having Kyler Murray than you are having Jameis Winston or having Teddy Bridgewater. So I don't think the Cardinals are going to be in a rush to move on from Kyler Murray either. I think there's a lot of things that sound dramatic at the beginning of the offseason, but the time we get there... Not so much. Baker Mayfield? Absolutely, I could see Cleveland moving on from Baker Mayfield. Trying to find a trade partner there if they think they can do better. I could see that. But the top ones, I think we're always going to be end up being disappointed by it. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by the CIAA Tournament, which comes to Baltimore next week. It gets underway one week from today, February 22nd through 26th, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournaments at Royal Farms Arena downtown and events throughout our community. Find out more and get your tickets by going to CIAATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org for the CIAA Tournament Men's and Women's Conference Tournaments, February 22nd through 26th at the Royal Farms Arena. He is, of course, Patrick Stevens at Discourse, D1Scourse on Twitter. The Washington Post is where you see his stuff, and he joins us every Tuesday here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I am well after my fill of Miak Monday last night. That yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you picked the wrong one, though, right? You picked the you could. Well, you, I picked the one that didn't have a half hour delay. Right, but that's it, you could have added it to the list of things that you've witnessed during your career of doing Miak Monday. Miak, I, I swear, I'd hand on my heart, and, and you've experienced some of these. I have. The weirdest, the weirdest stuff happens in that league on Monday. It is there's like n- you don't get you don't. It's not. It's weird. Like it, it's just the strangest stuff from, uh, you know. Eight point possessions, crazy comebacks. Uh, maybe my all time favorite was Morgan State winning a game at Delaware State ten years ago on a Monday. When this is when Morgan was still, you know, viewed as as one of the top the top teams in the league, and they won it because Delaware State's fans stormed the court with a second to go, with a one point lead, and got assessed a technical foul, and they made both free throws and won. So. Uh, I would say a bent rim that caused a half-hour delay like there was at, at, at Coppin last night, not anywhere near as crazy as that. But it, it's it's not something you see every day. That's, a that's thing, for sure. That's a thing that legitimately occurred last night, a bent rim delay that uh, unfortunately in the end uh, led to a defeat for Coppin at the hands of North Carolina Central for some sloppy possessions at the end of the game. Uh, just the way that it goes. All right, uh, Patrick, on the, on the plus side, obviously, boy, it – what did Towson score on Sunday, Saturday? Like a billion uh-huh. points. Um, they are certainly playing quite well headed into a huge showdown on Thursday. Yeah, and that was after you know, they played a rough first half against William & Mary on Thursday and then came out played really well in the final 10, 15 minutes or so and then just hammered Elon. I'm not sure 86-50 to 50 does justice to that score. So, uh, you know, I think they were up as many as 46 in that game. I think it was about a 40-point game at halftime. Uh, you know, you were seeing guys getting four or five minutes that, that you've never heard of right. on Towson's roster. So they go for win number 20 on Thursday at William at UNC Wilmington. I mean, the bottom line here for, for Towson is they're uh, a game back in the loss column behind the Seahawks. You lose that game, 
your two back without a tie, you know, on the wrong end of a tiebreaker with four to play, and you're probably playing for second place in the league at that point. You win that game, suddenly you have a split with Wilmington, you're tied in the loss column, and, and things get a little bit more interesting from there. So, uh, you know, I think another thing that's worth pointing out is Wilmington has played a ton of close games throughout the season. 1-1 in overtime at Towson, uh, 1-1 at William & Mary, or at home against William & Mary yesterday, beat Charleston by six. I mean, you can go right down the line. They beat James Madison on a buzzer beater. Uh, I, I don't know if we put if we put Wilmington and Towson through through the 18 games again, whether we'd be sitting here with Wilmington up a game in the loss column because they've been pretty fortunate. They're good. They're better. Uh, but I, I think Towson's the better team, uh, and I'll be curious to see if they can pick off Wilmington on on the Seahawks home court after uh, after having lost to them uh, up here in Towson uh, earlier in the season. Uh, Navy keeps rolling right along. A couple more wins this past week, and they continue to sort of linger right behind the top of the Patriot League. Yeah, it's going to be hard, I think, for Navy to, to completely pull this thing off. Uh, they're two back in the loss column for Colgate, a game and a half overall. Colgate still has a game to make up. Colgate got Navy in Annapolis last month. Uh, and they play on the last day of the regular season up in Hamilton. Uh, but at this point, you, you look at Navy, and like you say, they picked off two more games. They they finished off Army in a slugfest on Saturday, the, the opposite of the kind of game it was when they met in Annapolis uh, and Army stormed back to win. They also beat Lafayette handily. That was a, a really impressive showing for the mids, uh, especially at the defensive end. I think Lafayette only had 14 points in the second half of that game. So I'm looking forward to seeing Navy at least once this week. They head to American tomorrow uh, and then get Holy Cross at home on Saturday before closing with Loyola and Colgate. Uh, but they're on, the, they're on the cusp of a 20-win season, and you don't see that happen every day in Annapolis. Ed DeCellis has had one of those uh, since he arrived back in 2018. Uh, and when you go back and look, you have to go all the way back to 2000 for the last time before that, that Navy won 20 games in a season. So uh, the mid's in really good shape. I, I think they're in decent shape to get a to get at least a number three seed, if not a number two seed, in the Patriot League tournament. The one seed uh, for that bunch with John Carter Jr. and Greg Summers and, and all those guys, Tyler Nelson, Richard Njoku. You know the, that might be a little bit of a of a of a push that, that's required there. It might be a little too much. Uh, but they're in, they're certainly in great shape right now. Really, I think when you look at them, Colgate and BU, those are those are the three teams that are distinguishing themselves right now as the best teams in the league. He is Patrick Stevens. He joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick, uh, you know Maryland put up a good fight uh, against Purdue, and and I don't think there's much more to say about it. Is is that was about everything I think you could ask for, particularly playing without Eric Ayala in that game. Um, as far as the continued, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pose you a question that was given to me over the weekend by someone named Chris, and I purposely wanted to save it. I'm glad I didn't forget about it, about a candidate that I haven't talked about at all, um, during this. And, and I do think it's a fair question. Chris asked this, he says, Glenn, why is it that nobody is talking about Mike Bray? I get it. It's been a disappointment the last five years. I feel like five years ago, if Maryland was looking for a basketball coach, Maryland fans would have jumped for joy at the thought of Mike Bray being the guy. Why is he so off the radar? What has happened to Notre Dame over the course of the last five years that he is no longer in the equation? Well, an interesting thing is that maybe this year does put him in the equation, right? Like they're 18 and seven, they're 11 and three in the league. They beat Kentucky. You know, what kind of happened to them after they, they made those two elite eights and then were a five seed in 2017. And, and then they had a couple years where injuries tripped them up. 
Uh, you know, Bonzi Colson getting hurt really, really hurt them. Uh, in 2019, they just weren't good. In 2020, you know, they they were one of those teams that probably just didn't quite get enough traction early on uh, overall to, to be able to be in the hunt. But they were on the periphery, weren't good last year, tossed that out as a, as a COVID year. Uh, and then, you know, this year they're 18-7. and seven. So if there's anything that really works against Mike Bray, it, it's probably his age at yeah. this point. He does, you know, he's, he's, I think, he's 62. Just looked it up. He's 62. Um, he, he's not a guy that strikes you as being 62 years old, though. Like, he's a really energetic guy. He's, you know, he checks the personality box, yep. right? Yep. You know, the other thing that he does. Familiar with the area for sure. Well, he's familiar with the area for sure. Uh, you know, I have a feeling that uh, that he might do okay with, at Dematha for all the people who yeah. care about like local stuff. Um, but I, I think the other thing here that's worth pointing out is, is people have have wanted a more enjoyable offense to watch. Uh, you know, at, at Maryland here, and, and you look at what Mike Bray's um, history is at, at at Notre Dame, and I'm going to go back to starting. Let's start this 2006 the Ken Palm offensive efficiency rankings for Notre Dame. And remember, this is a team that hasn't been to a Final Four, has been to two Elite Eights in that span, right. has generally been pretty good. 7th, 9th, 26th, 22nd, 4th, 3rd, 50th, 17th, 40th, 2nd, 9th, 18th, 32nd, 105, okay. 41st, 21st, and 68th. So there's there's a one outlier in there. And so there's one, yeah, there's yeah. one team in there that wasn't very good offensively. Um, and so his teams have always tilted a little bit more towards offense than defense. His teams have also always tilted towards, here's your seven guys, and this is who we're playing. And we don't need much more depth than that. So, you know, you wouldn't hear, I don't think you would hear depth complaints from Mike Bray at any point. So I think it's interesting just because, you know, he's made no, fa- he's made no secret of his fondness for this area. You know, you talk to him in the summer and the question is, are you catching him on the way going to right. uh, Dewey beach or, or Rehoboth beach or he, he goes to one of those Delaware beaches uh, or on the way back basically. So, you know, I think there's a lot to like there and I think it's more sellable now than it was a few months ago when Notre Dame was kind of just, you know, muddling along a little bit when the job, when the job opened, on February or December 3rd, Notre Dame was 3-3, three and three and they lost to Boston College that night. So, hmm. you know, and they didn't have the win over Kentucky. And since then, they've been pretty darn good. Uh, so I, I think they're, they're, that, is, that is somebody I suspect that would have some interest in being able to come back home. To me, the question is, is does Maryland want to hire somebody that they think is going to be a 10- or 15-year right. guy? And I don't know if you can say that about Mike Bray, just just you know, just based on his age, sort yeah. of a, a matter of fact there. Basically, nope. I I completely understand, but I think you just described that all very well, which is maybe there, maybe we, he should be a name that should have been coming up a little bit more, considering everything we know about Mike Bray. I, I do just think it's been the nature of them having a couple down years that made people say, nah, nah it, it means it means he can't coach any longer. To your point, well, maybe he's proving again this season that's not necessarily the case that he forgot yeah, how to coach. I'm, no, and I don't, I I, I certainly don't think he has. But it, you know, as we're as we're sitting here trying to imagine of selling something to people, right? Selling to people, guy, a guy that hasn't made the tournament the last four years probably wouldn't have made it in 2020 before the pandemic hit. So those four seasons, and this year, I think that drought's going to end since they're in such good shape. If they if they have at least a decent finish over the next few weeks, and their schedule is extremely favorable, 
aside from a trip to Wake Forest, they have a lot of winnable games down the stretch. So I think they might just be one of those teams that winds up getting in largely on quantity more so than quantity. Although, again, that victory over Kentucky early in the season uh, is certainly something to hang your hat on. All right. Uh, the Maryland-Loyola lacrosse game from this past weekend, did it teach us more about Maryland or about Loyola? Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. Um, that, that, one, that one startled me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably some variable there that is Maryland had played a game and Loyola hadn't. Uh, there's probably a variable there that Maryland is better. You know, let's not ignore the obvious. Yeah, they're Maryland insanely loaded, yes. And loyal. But I, I think you also just have to look at 15 minutes that were just dreadful for loyal. I mean, at the defensive end, giving up 10 goals in the second quarter. Uh, you look at the rest of it, and it kind of plays out the way you would have thought. You know, like they, they got outscored by five in the other three quarters, by seven in that quarter. So if you end up, with a 14 to seven game or something like that, you're certainly going, well, Loyola's got something, some stuff to work on, but that's really not that much different than maybe some of the games they played against Virginia early in, in seasons and turned out to be okay. That 20 spot makes you wonder uh, exactly how things are, how things are working out at the defensive end for the Greyhounds. So I'm curious to see what they do against Hopkins this week. Uh, and then, and then they get Rutgers. Uh, so those are two really interesting yep. games for them to close out the month. Uh, before they play Towson uh, to open up March. So a lot to learn, I think, still about Loyola. Uh, but for Maryland to drop 20 goals on its first two opponents, the first time they've ever done that in program history, uh, tells me that they are uh, moving along just fine uh, in the post-Jared Bernhardt era. You know, got three goals and three assists from Logan Wisnoskis the other day, three more from Jonathan Donville, the Cornell transfer. Uh, so Maryland has plugged and played pretty darn well to this point with Donville from Cornell, Keegan Kahn from Villanova, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of really really good pieces. Uh, and I think that you know, what, like we talked about on our preview show a few weeks back, you know, we're going to hear from the Terrapins yeah. uh, in 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 late May when all is said. No about. question, and they were dominant at the uh, at the dot too. They were unbelievably dominant over Loyola at the dot. So that that went a long way in that one as well. Um, oh, and, and Maryland's—they're uh, at Syracuse next, correct? That's that's they like the—that's like the big—that's the big one this weekend, isn't it? That is—that is certainly one of the big ones this week. Yeah. I, I think there's a handful of other games that, that have some interest. Georgetown and Penn up at uh, up yep. at Franklin Field yeah, in the a Quakers good one. opener, yep. I think is is a, is a pretty good one too. Uh, but like you say, uh, you know, Maryland going up to the dome. Syracuse dropped 28 on Holy Cross in Gary Gates' head coaching debut as the men's coach at Syracuse. He'd obviously been the women's coach for a long, long time up there. Uh, and so that was Syracuse uh, maybe getting its groove back a little bit after after how last season went, and there were a lot of blowout losses. This is going to be much more of a test, really, for uh, both teams, I suspect. You know, Maryland obviously having rolled in its two games. And Syracuse, you know, I think there's no doubt there's a lot of defensive talent or offensive talent up there defensively They've been uh, they, they've certainly taken their lumps more often than not, uh, you know, against high end competition over the last few years. So that'll be a good test, Maryland against a guy a coordinator that has some familiarity with yeah, going up against knows a thing John or Sheldon two, right. Dave Petromala. So, all right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I'm actually starting to dread this portion of the program because I know I got to give you a name that's going to be tricky from our four team list. Um, this guy, uh, only once an all-star, twice finished in the top 25 of MB MVP voting. <laughs> he has a famous last name. He's Dave Henderson. 
Dave And he Henderson. played for five teams in his MLB career. Dave Henderson, well, the the three that come to mind immediately, yep. right? He he was he was in Seattle, right? Of course he was for six years. And he was in Boston. For a couple of years. And he was in Oakland. For for six years as well. I and feel like he might have been a royal at the Oh, end. my God. All right. You're fine. You're, you're good. He played with the Royals for 56 games. And yet it wasn't the shortest stint of his MLB career. So I'm, I miss, I'm missing one other, one other stint. In here. 1987, he spent, and I'm not kidding, Patrick, 15 games. With one 15, particular team, fifteen games. Fifteen. So games. I'm assuming. Let, let's play. Let's play along here a little bit. Yeah. I'm assuming we're talking about somebody that was in contention I, for the playoffs. I think that's a fair assumption to make. Okay. Was he a Minnesota Twin at the end? No, he didn't make it to the World Series champs. No. You know, I might have done the year wrong. Now I got to go back and remember if this team actually was good in '87. I was thinking of. <laughs> hang on a second. I'm sorry. I'm. I might have screwed you over in this. It might be my fault because I was thinking of a particular World Series, and it definitely wasn't 1980. You're right. The Twins won the World Series in 87. Uh, no, they were good. They were definitely good. And they, they won. Oh, I don't want to say anything. Well, was he a Met there at the no, end? No, it, it was the Giants. It was the it was Giants. The Giants okay. yeah. and, they, and they did. I, I and was they were right. good. Yeah, they, they were, were in the good. playoffs. They, they, they lost in seven games to the Cardinals that year. They were good, 100%. Uh, I, I feel fine about forgetting oh, Dave Henderson. Doing, doing four for five on Dave Henderson is, is unreal, frankly. So. How about uh, I give you? Ooh, I'll give you a pitcher for the uh, four-team guy, someone uh, who was also quite accomplished during his career, three-time All-Star and a Cy Young winner in '93. He is. They called him Black Jack. Jack McDowell. Jack McDowell was a Chicago White Sox. Of course. And he was a Yankee. Yes, he was. Cleveland Indians. Yep. And now we're missing one, one team. At the for, end of his career, 98-99. 98-99 for Jack McDowell. Oh, gosh. Uh, where did he end up in the end? Um, that's a really good question. Um, huh. Jack McDowell at the very end was... He wasn't in Atlanta, was he? Not Atlanta, no. It's pretty forgettable. I don't blame you for not getting this. Paul, do you have a guess? Do you you remember where Jack McDowell finished his career? Eh? I was going to say the Mets. No, not the Mets either. To be fair, look, he pitched to a... 5.09 5.09 ERA and 14 starts, and then the was final- he an angel? How that was exactly what it was. Well done, sir. He was an That's angel to finish his career. All right, what's the schedule got for you this week? I'm going to actually see some lacrosse today. Very Towson cool. Yep. Mount St. Mary. Yep. So, and then uh, obviously Towson with its new athletic director as well today. So that's, that's right. Something that's They're holding a press conference today too. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, tomorrow, Navy and American. Thursday, St. Francis, Brooklyn at Mount St. Mary's. And then on the weekend, haven't quite finalized anything, but kind of trending towards another Navy game. They play Holy Cross at noon on Saturday. Uh, so possible possible double dip someplace, uh, depending on how things shake out. All right, very good. Patrick Stevens, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter, is how you follow him. See his stuff in the Washington Post. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. He is Patrick Stevens. He joins us every Tuesday here on GCR. Hour number one of today's program in the books. It was also brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. 
I know football season's over, but there are still so many wonderful events to get to the FanDuel Sportsbook and be able to bet on and watch live the Daytona 500 on Sunday, the NBA All-Star game. I'd bet the over if I were you. Just a guess. Just a guess. I'd bet the over. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the place to hang out. Live betting is a game changer. As you watch the numbers move in game, you suddenly say to yourself, I want to run to one of those 51 self-service kiosks and get your bets in. It is open. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's immaculate. Live casino and hotel in Hanover. The FanDuel Sportsbook. Get down there today. Terry Nolan's going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Towson basketball. You guys should be paying attention. You know what? We don't have to take a break because we can talk to him right now. We'll do that. Um, you guys should be paying attention. They're really good. They're a lot of fun to watch. Terry's a local kid and is having a hell of a season. He's been through a couple of injuries. You should be paying attention to Towson basketball. I get it. We're all disappointed that football season's over and that baseball's not starting. Towson basketball is worth your attention. They're that good. How good, do you ask? Well... They're currently sitting at 19 and 7. Next win will be their 20th of the year. They're 10 and 3 in conference play. They're a game back of first place with a huge showdown coming this Thursday night down at UNC Wilmington at 6 o'clock on national TV. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. And Terry Nolan Jr. is back with us now here on GCR to tell us a little bit more about it. Terry, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to catch up with you again, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Problem, guys. I told you I was going to be back on I, here. I know, and we and we wanted to talk to you. You've been good. Terry was also very kind when we had our uh, coat drive event at Towson. Uh, he got some tweets out about it for us and helped us raise some coats and clothes for helping up Mission. Uh, you you are someone that I, I know how much this means to you, right? Like, I, can, can, I'm going to give you the question anyway, Terry. When you decided to come back home and do this, I'm sure you knew there was a chance to do something special. But now watching it unfold, how special has it been for you to be a part of this thing and what Towson has the opportunity to accomplish? Man, well, first and foremost, I have to definitely give my praise to God. Um, he definitely gave me this vision. Um, it was very clear of what he told me. And to just see it panning out, man, it's been amazing. Like this group of guys that came together in the summertime with the common goal of, you know, playing our best basketball come March, man. Just to see where we are right now, it's been a truly like a blessing, like I said. And I, I enjoy it every day, coming to practice with those guys and building and learning. What what was it, Terry? What allowed this team to mesh in this way? Because as you point out, like you show up and you're not the only one, right? Like it, it's right. it's not as if everyone had been together. What allowed this group to so uniquely mesh? The thing that jumps out at me the most is it seems like it's a different guy every night, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't have to be one guy who's shouldering the load. It seems like somebody can pick it up. How did that happen that this group came together like this? I think it's because, one, we have a group of veterans. So, like, our main core eight that are playing are juniors and seniors. So we all understand that, you know, in order for us to win at this level, we all have to connect. And in the summertime, you know, Definitely coming from like the background of, of where you know playing in basketball, like playing basketball in Baltimore, you got to come from that background where you got to bring out the best in people. Because mm. at the end of the day, I'm mm. going to be my best. And so just coming in with that mentality and just seeing guys compete every day in practice, we all gain the trust that we got hoopers on this team. Also, yeah, we're veterans, but at any given night, someone can drop twenty. And so just tr- having that trust factor and just building a camaraderie throughout the entire summer and just knowing that you know I may not be playing good tonight, but Nick may be hitting. Every shot that yep. you shoot, 
or we may not even have a good shoe tonight, but we got to rely on something else. That's us being together, talking, defense, and definitely rebounding. So just having those intangibles in there, being still from day one, definitely set us apart. It, it's so it's so unique what you're bringing up because it jumps out at me. I was there. I brought my kids to the Drexel game a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Charles took that game over, right? Like yeah. just every possession seemed to go through him. Do you guys have a feel, like as the game goes on, do you start to notice like, hey, man, this is working. Like, we all put our egos to the side and say, let's let this dude dominate or let's like, like let's have the possessions go through this guy because we can see it just happens to be their night or a matchup that works. Definitely. Like, if you may look in like the, uh, the non-conference schedule, Charles wasn't putting up the big score right. numbers. It was different players. And so now in conference, as we see in these matchups, it's hard to guard Charles. We've been known that it was hard to guard Charles all year long. Other teams are now figuring out, and I feel as though Charles has also gotten a little more comfortable, so now is where he's playing his game. Everything that he's been doing has been the same, literally. I just think that he just got that confidence factor, and we've just been instilling that confidence. So we know that any given night, anybody can do anything. Whoever's hot, we always feed the high hand. Egos put aside. And I think that's what also brings our team up. We get excited if the other player does good. Yeah, we may feel good for us to make a shot, but I feel as though we get, we may feel good if oh we throw that hockey pass to the corner and he makes one more and he makes one more and then Gibby hits a shot. I think that gets us more excited than just personal accolades of just scoring. Honestly, nah, it's cool. It, boy, that's special, man. It's special when when you when you can do that. That that's how a team works, right? Like that's right. the concept of how this all goes. It's clearly why you're having so much success. Baltimore's own Terry Nolan Jr. is with us here on GCR. Towson is having an outstanding season. Um, Terry, to, to be in front of your, your friends, your family, after being away for a couple years, what has that been like for you? And especially considering how good you guys are, how much more exciting has it been? Have you have you started getting text messages from like people that you haven't heard from in a decade that are like, dude, you, you, you got some tickets for me, right? Like, Have you dealt with any of that? <laughs> uh, I have at first, but you know, I kind of just been focused on the season more so and just enjoying these guys. Um, it definitely feels good, though, being back home with the support system. And especially, you know, I just had my first child, baby girl, Lila Eve. Oh, I so, didn't even know that, man. Congratulations, yeah, so bro. Child. Thank you. Thank you. So just having that support system around me with my family, man, it feels amazing. What has that done for you, man? Like, And you're experiencing a much younger age than I did. Like, I listened to everybody tell me about how my, like, life was going to change. And I was like, all right, Chief, you know, like, come on, man, settle down. And then it happened, and I'm like, oh, my God, everything you said was true. Like, <laughs> I don't remember life before I had kids. What has that done for you, not just on the basketball, but as a man? How has it changed you becoming a father? Man, it's changed me a lot. Um, one way is more than none, man. I'll say I'm definitely a little more softer now that I have a oh, baby girl. Oh, dude, it'll never change. Man. It'll ne- I right. can't. I, <laughs> brother, I, like, I don't know if you saw this. The, there was a story of an Eagles player, Anthony Harris, who took a young girl whose father had died to her mm. father-daughter dance mm. because, like, her mom reached out. I wept. <laughs> like, right. I sat in this office one day reading that story and just sobbed uncontrollably for five right. minutes. And I'm like, oh, my God, what has happened to me? <laughs> right, man. And, and it's, it's a great thing, honestly. Like, I never thought, like, I'd be this in touch my with my emotions. But, you know, like, I... Also, this is a huge shout-out to uh, Amanda. Uh, she's been doing a great job with us, with Towson Men's Basketball, with our mental health. Just understanding that, like, emotions, they're normal. Um, we're going to have them whether they're good or bad. So, like, just being more in touch with them and just understanding that it's going to be okay to cry or to be a little soft or something here and there. So 
I would say definitely just having a, having her and seeing her every day, man, makes me smile. It makes me just want to be a better man because at the end of the day, she's going to emulate what she sees. So I have to set the standard high. So Bro, that's a really that's, that's a really mean. powerful thing for you to be willing to talk about, man. Like, I, and I yes, hope sir. you know that, right? Because you know, there's a lot of dudes your age that'll be like, "Bro, I ain't gonna admit to people that I'm I'm crying. I ain't gonna admit to right. that, right? <laughs> like, I ain't gonna go see somebody to talk about it. I'm I'm a man, you know. Like, right. I, I'm not I'm not doing that type of stuff. And I, it's really important that we just openly talk. It's okay, right? Like, right, it, definitely it, is. My my buddy Tyus Bowser from the Baltimore Ravens said, like, we we got to do this. We got to ask, are you okay, to our friends? Yeah. And if they're not, we got to be willing to say it ain't okay. Right, like, man. And that that is, just comes with being in touch with yourself, man. Like at the end of the day, like I said, emotions they're gonna come and go. It's it's a lot easier to deal with them if they're out and you're open and you let them pass and just allow life to happen as opposed to just bottling everything up and thinking you're okay. Man, man, I'm so glad you're willing to talk about that, bro. That yes, that, that means a lot. All right, so Wilmington on Thursday. Let's talk about it because you guys had them on the ropes, and you should have mm-hmm. won that game a couple weeks yeah. ago. How is it different this Thursday night from what happened that day? And I, I got to remember, because I got to do the timeline. Did you play in that, Tara? Remind me, did you play in that game or not? Yes, that was okay. uh, my, I believe, the first game back or second okay. game back. Okay, okay. Uh, so I played in that game. Um, I think what we're going to do is kind of the same thing, but now I feel as though we're just going to come out hungrier. Um, I feel as though we had them on the ropes at the end, and then our defense kind of got apart a little bit. Uh, we weren't in the gaps as heavy as we're supposed to be. Um, we just allowed them to play one-on-one ball, which is their style. So definitely coming out, I think that we're just going to be more aggressive. We're going to be more together. Um, and we're going to bring the fight to them. I mean, I get it. I get it. Don't let them dictate and go get a massive win. Uh, the the pressure maybe that you feel, you know, for all of the success you guys are having, you know that, right, like th- there's one thing that lingers, which is this streak and this drought that Towson's had of getting to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. It, is there an additional amount of pressure that comes from, like, you can do great things. You could win the regular season, but if you don't win that right game in D.C. here in a couple of weeks, there are going to be people that are going to say this is all a disappointment. Like, is there an additional amount of pressure that comes with that for you guys? No, actually, I don't think so. I think for us, we're just trying to continue to play our best basketball every day. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep being our better versions of ourselves each and every day, and we're going to push each other. I feel as though once you allow pressure that comes in, it just takes everything apart. So right now we're just worried about every Super Bowl. And what I mean by Super Bowl is that on Thursday we play Wilmington, that's a Super Bowl. Saturday we play Charleston, that's a Super Bowl. Each, every individual game, we have to come in with that mindset that it doesn't matter about the next game or the last game. We have to focus on that. And I think that we're fine. We're going to be good. Pressure or not, if people may see pressure, we don't feel it at all. I can assure you that. Man, I hear you saying that, bro. I hear you saying <laughs> that. And I, maybe for you, I feel like if I was in that situation, it would get to me at some point. I'd be like, bro, oh, man, this is the way that it goes. All right, so so are you able to like uh, are you able to get out of diaper duty because you got basketball games to play? Or are you able to say, like, hey, man, you know, like, I, I – I got to get some sleep, you know, we got, we got a big game coming up on Thursday night, or does it not work that way? No, it's kind of worked that way. I got a beautiful partner, Sharia Byersman. She, she's definitely been holding me, holding me down throughout this time. Um, it definitely wouldn't be possible without her. Uh, so I feel as though we, we have a good balance. <laughs> some nights I may come home after the game and I have do, diaper duties, but that's my responsibility and she holds me accountable. So 
No, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> had, had you ever changed a diaper before it was your own child's? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, all have, right. I have I, like 13 nephews, nieces and nephews. All right, so you're in a different so, place. Yeah. I had legitimately in my life never changed a diaper until the first time, and I was like, man, this is going to suck. And then you realize, like, oh, no, it's your kid. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> it's your kid. You This is what you have to do. This is the way that it works. You just got to deal with the fact that you're going to get peed and spit and all that sort of stuff. Like, it's... You, you you live with it. It's your kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> you made this. You got to take right. care of it. Terry Nolan Jr., man, I'm so happy for you. That that's an incredible part of life, man. That's just that that awesome. I'm I'm so happy for you in that way. And it's been awesome seeing this whole thing play out again. Thursday night on national TV on CBS Sports Network at six o'clock. Uh, you can get check out the Tigers. They take on UNC Wilmington and then back home next Wednesday, the 23rd, for Senior Day against James Madison. Terry, remind everybody, um, social media, Twitter, Instagram, and, and you got your own brand, right? It's... Yes, sir. So Twitter, Instagram, you can find me at Terry Nolan Jr. Um, on Twitch, you can find me at twitch.tv slash T-N-O-J-R. Um, and for my own brand right now, I've been partnering with this company at We Up Now Gaming. Uh, definitely, guys, check out what they do. Um, we're trying to address that equity gap within gaming. 2% of it is, is black, so we're trying to definitely enhance that. So, guys, check them out, too. And, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Go, go, I love what you guys uh, are doing over here. Terry, go-to game for you before we let you go. What's what's the game that you're playing the most on Twitch? I would say Warzone right now. All right. I mean, that seems yeah, like everybody. It seems like everybody's playing a lot of Warzone. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like that's the way it goes. Terry, so happy for you, bro. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Best of luck as we continue to move along the way, and we'll catch up again, all right? Yes, sir. Appreciate it. I can't wait to be back. Terry Nolan Jr. Man, what a remarkable young man. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've said this a million times. I've, the stories that I have been told about what type of person Terry Nolan is um, arrived ahead of him coming back to Towson. He is a remarkable human being. Uh, the Mount Carmel community will tell you he is – they they hold him in in regard that would be reserved for for people much older than that. Like that he is wise beyond his years. He sound the what I thought of listening to him was he sounded like a pro. He didn't seem like a college student to me. And look, he's a little bit old. You know, he's been around a little bit longer. He stuck around for the extra year, but you know, he's not he's not eighteen, obviously. Right. right. Um, but still, I mean, I. I know what I sounded like when I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that. I was not, an idiot. Not close. <laughs> I was an idiot. Um, he's a remarkable human being, and, and it's really cool. Really cool to see him having this success and, and being a part of a team that's having success the way that Towson is right now as they get ready for a big game on Thursday. All right, we'll grab a break. Uh, still to come, the former heavyweight champion of the world, Haseem Rachman, is going to join us. We will talk to him before he heads to a big event at Baltimore Boxing this Saturday night, or this Friday night, sorry. I keep saying that. Friday night out in Westminster at the Carroll County Ag Center. Uh, also just going to talk about the nature of the sport and, you know, Jake Paul, all that sort of stuff. We'll cover all of that with Haseem Rahman. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4 available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. 
After being virtual in 2021, the CIAA Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament is headed to Charm City this February 22nd through 26th. The CIAA is an event that has become a celebration of family, culture, and accomplishments that uplift and strengthen the African-American community. See the excitement in person as some of the best college basketball in the country comes to Baltimore's Royal Farms Arena with the CIAA Men's and Women's Conference Tournament. Get your tickets now at CIAA. AATournament.org. That's CIAATournament.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Wednesday morning at 11.30. Vandal Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all the info you need and even to offer a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and watch at YouTube.com slash press box online. Glory Days Grill's winter seasonal menu is back with comfort classics like their house-made meatloaf and short rib grilled cheese. It also features the center-cut sirloin with grilled shrimp, the char-grilled pork tenderloin, grilled meatloaf sandwich, smoky thigh wings with Alabama barbecue sauce, and a Brussels and bacon appetizer. All of these items pair well with Devil's Backbone 8-point IPA or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. And try their seasonal cocktails, Blood Orange Burger, Bourbon Cider, Apple Ginger Mule, and Captain's Hot Cider. Find out more and get your order in today at glorydaysgrill.com. Great food, good sports. It's another cold winter here in Baltimore, but this time there's no hot stove to warm you up. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and while there may be no activity in the world of baseball, I'll still be here every week with my co-host Zach Goodman to give you all the latest in the CBA negotiations as teams look to get back on the field in time for spring training. You can watch us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports and listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon for the latest in baseball coverage right here on the Battleround. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. Thanks again to Terry Nolan Jr. What a remarkable young man. And again, go out and support Towson. A couple home games left this season. Please pay attention. I promise you uh, Matt Torper and I were messaging back and forth about this yesterday. I get it, right? Like Maryland stinks, and and in in a, in a way, much like what I say when I say, "Hey, when the Orioles are bad, I'm not quite as excited about baseball." I think in this era, there's a lot of people that when because Maryland's bad, they're just less inclined to care about college basketball in general. I, to some extent, understand that. I do because I just said what I said about the Orioles. But like we have that. Again, and we do this wacky bit, Maryland technically isn't even the most local team. Like, I get it. They're the flagship school. They're the state school. I understand all of those things. And trust me, I grew up a massive Maryland fan. But you, you could go to a Towson. Uh, I don't want to. I'm going to end up grandstanding, and I don't want to do that. Support Towson. Support Navy, too, right? Like, I'm not telling you not to support the other schools. And look, the nature of college basketball, Loyola's had a little bit of a dip. UMBC's had a little bit of a dip. But... Any of these programs could end up going on a great run in their conference tournament, winning, getting into the tournament, and, and doing something magical. But particularly this season, Towson is doing something special and is three decades removed from their last trip to the NCAA tournament. They have the longest drought of any area school. 
this could be a really special season for Towson. This is, of all the years to go support them, I would say this would be the year to be paying a little bit more attention to tune in on Thursday night for a big game. It just stinks that they play in a conference where they have to win their conference championship if they want to get in. And I do think that's part of what makes it more difficult, particularly in this region, which is so Mm -hmm. pro-driven. If you didn't go to school, it's, it's tougher. In some communities, right? Like if you go to central Pennsylvania and go to a Lehigh game, I don't care. They're in a one big league, bid league. That's that's the event. Like I I've done called games at Lehigh, and it's a a madhouse. It's a mob scene. Now, in fairness, there's a huge crowd. The last Towson game that I went to, there was a huge crowd for the last Loyola game that I went to. Frankly, um, it's not as if we don't get big crowds for games around here. But I just mean general interest. It it would be nice. You don't have to try all that hard to watch the game on Thursday night. It's a six o'clock game on CBS Sports Network. There's no. There's nothing distracting you from being able to sit down and watch that game and get a feel for Towson basketball if you haven't paid attention at all this season. There's nothing getting in your way at all. Just popping that game on your television and sitting back and watching and, and getting to know these kids as they try to do something really special. So I'll end it there. I'm not trying. It's not a, it's not a sermon. It's just a thought, right? Like I, I would like if we paid a little bit more attention to local college basketball. And Towson in particular has a chance to do something really, really special. And so that's why they stand out. But Navy, obviously, deserving of your attention. All these local teams deserving of your attention. All right. Today's show is also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. I know football season is over, but Underdog churns on basketball, hockey, hopefully at some point baseball. They've got all sorts of contests and games for you. It feels like you're betting when you play Underdog Fantasy Football. You play player props. You play parlays. It feels like betting, which you can't do yet on your phone or on your computer here in the state of Maryland, but you can play Underdog underdogfantasy.com is the website or download the underdog app use the code pressbox and when you make your first deposit up to $100 we will match it with free money for you to play with underdog fantasy football again underdogfantasy.com some more responses to our question today um from from John I think I'm more annoyed there's plenty of money to go around. Just figure it out and let's go. Plus, respect and take care of minor leaguers, too. I think annoyed is is fine. Like, I'm not angry yet. I'm just annoyed by it all. Sure. I still would say I'm closer to ambivalent than I am annoyed. I, I'm just more... It, it's not real to me yet. There's just no real impact. And I, I completely... that If I was in insert market here, right? Like, what what's the team that hasn't won a World Series recently that has a good chance of winning a World Series this year. Um, hmm. I'm not, I know Texas spent a lot of money. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that about Texas. They've never won a World Series. I know, but I'm just not ready, sure I'm ready to say that. Toronto. Sure. Toronto is absolutely the type of team, one of the most exciting players in all of baseball, You know, going to a game. Plus, they, boy, they just finally got the games back in Toronto, like what, last August mm-hmm. was when they finally returned? So there's probably been a lot of fans up there that haven't been able to go to a game in years that maybe haven't have never seen Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in person, right? And like no from watching on TV, dude, this is about as exciting as it gets in the sport right now is the guy that plays for our team. And you got a legitimate chance to do something this season and you can't go to the games. If I was in Toronto right now, I might be more like angry. I'd definitely be annoyed. I might be closer to angry already. Cause you start to have that feeling of like this 
This is supposed to be our time. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be when it's exciting to be a baseball fan in Toronto. We've been waiting for the opportunity to be excited about baseball in Toronto again. It's been some time. I mean, that's not maybe that's unfair because the Batista and Carnacion or Arncanacion teams are quite good. So it's it's probably unfair to say they haven't been excited about baseball in a while. They have been excited about baseball, but you think you get what I'm trying to say. They they have this just they exceptional have legitimate world championship and, and, ability and in this particular year. an exceptional transcendent talent mm-hmm. to go watch play baseball. Like you can it made the, the, the Orioles thing would have been fun no matter what. It was more fun when you were going to watch Manny Machado play baseball. When you were getting to watch so broken. a generational talent every time you went to the ballpark. There's something about that. Like you know you're seeing special mm-hmm. no matter what. Teams can be good, right? And then there's they're good and you're watching this generational player that might one day be in the Hall of Fame. And that's what they feel like they have in Toronto yep. right now is a generational transcendent talent and a team that's good to boot. Um, they, have a, they have more than just one of those guys. Yeah, but it, in particular. Right but he's now, like he's like above all the other he's, guys. They have he's moving really in, great. There's players. no question. But he's moving to territory where like even if you're just a you know a passive baseball fan, mm-hmm. you're aware. Yeah. You're aware of his of 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 the significance of Vlad Jr. Like yeah. you are very aware. To your point, yes, plenty of other guys that are worth watching. Um, you know, Caden Biggio is exciting, and Bo Bobichet is absolutely um, a stud. And who's the guy with the fun first name? Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Teoscar Hernandez might be the yes, most underrated player you. in the game. He's Te- so good. Teoscar Hernandez. Is Rowdy Tellez still there? No, I believe he went. That's a bummer because oh I, gosh. I love, I loved looking at their lineup because it was just a fun lineup to look at. Like all of their names were super fun. I feel like he was in like Minnesota or okay. Tampa right. Bay or something like that this past year. Uh, Ivan, I'm disgusted. Now MLB is purportedly looking at cutting 30 minor league jobs per franchise. The same guys who don't get paid for spring training and barely make minimum wage. Again, Ivan, I that's I just struggle with that, man. I can't pretend like I don't. I struggle with that because I get it. I, I do that we have romantic feelings about minor league baseball and we love what it does for those small communities. But if you're a major league baseball team, how many players do you need to have in your system? I I don't think that's I don't know what the number is, and I don't like the idea of just eliminating more, but I certainly understand the reason why it's a conversation, and maybe it needs to be discussed. If the, if it's profitable, and that this might be the conversation, if it's profitable to have these teams, what is the split for the owner of the team? And if the owner of the minor league team wants to help us out with, with paying those salaries, let's talk about it. But if they don't, then it sounds to me like it's not really that profitable, and if it's not, why are we doing it? I don't. I think it's a warranted conversation. It's it's cold. I get that. It's cold because we're talking about guys losing jobs. But I from the from the 10,000 feet view, I think it's a conversation that's warranted to figure out what the right number is. This is unlike any other sport, right? There's a handful of guys on an NBA roster that have a two-way contract with the G League team. That's it. There's no other sport where you pay this many players that aren't on your team. Mm. you got to figure out what the right number is. I don't think that's insane to say we need to figure out what the right number is, and we have to do that separated from the emotions that we have about what minor league baseball does for these communities. The, and the, like like Glenn's saying, the, the 30 guys that are going to 
lose her chance to play in the Baltimore Orioles system. Right. They may be able to go someplace else, but these, like you said, these aren't guys that are going to have. Ryan Ripken is never going to play in in the majors, and, and you know, God love his father. And, and he, by the way, it's all because you never know who suddenly gets a call. Like you know, who is um. Uh, Corbin Joseph got to be a Major League Baseball right. player, right? But he was for what a day, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like that, some guys get the opportunity to just because they're the guy that's available at a time where you need a player, but they're not really Major League Baseball players as much as they're. And I'm, boy, it sounds like I take a shot about at Corbin Joseph. I'm not trying to be negative towards Corbin Joseph, swell fella. Like when they called up Tim Raines Jr. and they signed. Well, I mean Tim that Raines that was kind of that, a that was a, a a massive bit that they were doing at the end of that. Season, right, but right? but like, like I'm saying, that's like that's what. I, I'm that's talking why more, he was you, in the majors. You, you might just be a guy who happens to be the guy that's available to a certain position. Mm-hmm. A, a major league team has a guy get the flu on a Tuesday that's specifically a second baseman. You need someone to come be a, a utility infielder for a couple of days. The AAA team is out on the road in, in Rainier or wherever they mm-hmm. are, and you just got to call somebody who's local. So you call down to AA and say, who you got? And they've got a 28-year-old second baseman who's just sitting there like, okay, send him up for a couple of days. And they get the feign as though they were a Major League Baseball player when we all know mm-hmm. that they weren't, right? And, like, that's the type of guy that you're talking yeah. You know, that, that, and those, that, those stories happen all the time. Um, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that I want more minor league jobs gone. I'm saying I think the conversation is warranted because I have thought – I thought this at the first time. We are very emotional. We all have gone to minor league baseball games. When you were growing up, was there a minor league baseball team around you, Papa Cass? Was there? Do you, do you remember who it was? I think they just got one now in Fredericksburg. It's called the Oh Fred yeah, the Nats. Na- the, Na- the 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 F Nats. Yeah, yeah. Are, oh, my used to, lives in Fredericksburg. Used to be the used to be the Peanuts. Uh, used to be Potomac. Now they're in Fredericksburg. Yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah. Um, it, you you have feelings within those communities in those communities, and maybe we don't because the closest one to us is Aberdeen and we're like that's so close to Baltimore that it doesn't a lot of these teams are are removed from a major league area like significantly removed where it would take you Norfolk is extraordinarily removed what's the what's the travel time from Norfolk to DC a couple hours it's like four hours it's like four hours from here but I mean to DC so like three three and a half hours like that's well it's three three and a half for me and I'm 45 minutes to an hour okay to DC. So, so, so yeah, like, I mean, it, it's you're uh, yeah. significantly removed from being able to go to Major League Baseball games. That's your chance to touch baseball in that community. If you're in the Hampton Roads area, your opportunity to touch baseball is to go to a Norfolk Tides game. And nobody's suggesting that Norfolk would, would be at risk here, right? Like Norfolk's a major community that you know has been a bit of, been significant part of baseball for a long time. But these smaller single A communities. Aberdeen doesn't feel the same way to us because we sort of feel like, well, it's not that far away from Baltimore. It's not like Harford County would lose the ability to have a touch of baseball. You, you could come down to, to Baltimore. It's not that far away. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some communities, that's it. That's what you got. I mean, it really hurt Hagerstown to lose the Suns. Like, that hurts that community. It was a massive part of what they had in that community was minor league baseball. I'm not... I get it. We have romantic feelings about minor league baseball because of it. And I don't want to, to sound like a prick when I say these things because I, I have felt romantic feelings about minor league baseball throughout the course of my life. I, Patrick Stevens and I go travel to random minor league baseball games during the summer. He'll say to me, like, dude, it's so-and-so bobblehead night at the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre game. You want to come up with me? And I'll be like, yeah, it's Tuesday. I got nothing else to do. Sure, I'll wander up and hang out with you and get a bobblehead and, and, and have a night at a baseball game. I've done that. We do that a couple times a summer. 
I love minor league baseball. I love the silly giveaways. I love the, it, it, you know, all of the promotions. The, we, we, you know, it, when the season begins, we'll start putting Bowie Bay Sox players on every week like we do. And we'll talk about the nights where they put SpongeBob jerseys on and, and crap like that. Because I, I love that part of it. I think it's wonderful. But I also get it. There aren't 120 guys in every system that are even on the radar of being Major League Baseball players. And if you lose those jobs, you might lose, you know, for example, John Means is a great example of this. John Means might not have survived. And so you might lose out on the opportunity to find a certain guy that's a diamond in the rough. But I still think it's a warranted conversation about how many players need to be in each system. I, I, I just do. I don't think there is an obligation that Major League Baseball teams have to pay to have a certain number of guys in the system. I, I just don't know that I buy that. Uh, John Little Rock, I'm apathetic towards MLB, but I have been that way for many years. As a union man, however, I will always back labor. Now look, again, if I'm siding with one side or the other, I'm siding with the players, but I don't feel strongly about it because, again, I don't think they care about me. And KZ, if you hadn't told me today was the reporting day, I wouldn't have known, so I guess I'm ambivalent. However, the USFL starts in April. John brought that up, too. You guys can watch the USFL. I will pass. That will not be for your boy. Just like all the other leagues that they've tried in the last couple of years. Man, it's been a long time since I caught up with our next guest. Um, gave us all the, the thrill of a lifetime uh, 21 years ago when he became the heavyweight champion of the world and had a hell of a career beyond that that's forgotten about. Now he's, uh, he's a boxing father, of course. And on top of that, this Friday night, uh, he's joining our friends Jake the Snake and Baltimore Boxing for the event they have going on out in Carroll County at the Ag Center in Westminster. It is a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Haseem Rockman, who's back with us now here on GCR. Rock, it's Glenn and Paul. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. It's Glenn and Paul. What, 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 I don't have a choice. Hey, man, it's so good to hear your voice, bro. How you doing? Everything good in your life? I'm good. Everything is excellent, man. Couldn't be better. All right, give me an update. You know, being a boxing father in comparison to being a boxer yourself, do you get more or less nervous when you're getting ready to watch your boy fight than like when you were way, fighting? Way, way, way. It's 100-fold more nervous. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 like I know I want I want to take all his punches. <laughs> I want I don't want them to get hit. You know. It's like playing a video game. Like I want them to move, move this way, move that way. I want to, I want to put my my back IQ in his mind for a second, so so he can just you know master everything. How, how do you handle like you know you literally? I mean, again, we use the words. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. You know a thing or two about how all this works. How do you handle having all the knowledge that you do and wanting to be able to to pass it along? And knowing, like, you know, he's still got to be his own man, right? Like, how do you handle that? Well, it's it's like this. I feel like um, I'm the expert, and I just try to let him know that these fights are won and lost in preparation. So I try to prepare him and, 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 and give him the games and give him the blueprint to to, to have a successful career. And I, all I can do is give it to him. And, and, and if he if he accepts it and, and do what he has to do, I, I got less to worry about. Yeah, I get that. I completely and 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 look. Obviously, it's it's gone pretty well for him so far. Yeah, yep, yep, gone pretty well. He is the same Rockman. He is with us here on GCR. Rock, can you for people that don't know about Jake and Baltimore Boxing and what Baltimore Boxing has done for our community, man? Can you put into words 
how important um, Jake is to the boxing community and how much he's done for, for young men in this area um, and, and guys that you know could end up in a very different path in life? Well, I, I mean, it's like, he's like a staple, you know. Um, he, he's, he's definitely needed, necessary. Uh, uh, he gives people opportunities to go on to fight for for for, for title. Like he would, he would, he is like what when I was coming up, we had Stuart Tukowski. He is that for me. He, Stuart was for me what Dick is to the future champions. You know, the the, the Tank Davises and those guys that, yep. that, that fought on his card. You know, I mean, it's it's a necessary evil to 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 get to further your career. You know, you need the locals to support. You know, um, it's one thing to, to support a world champion, right? But it's something totally different and necessary to support them on the way up. You know, don't wait till these guys become world champion, uh, undisputed, this, that, and that. Oh, well, he's from Baltimore. He's from Glen Burnie. He's from this place. Let me support him. No, support these guys when they need you to support I mean, I you know, I, I love that, right? And that's why we've always loved what Jake's doing. And you can find out more at BaltimoreBoxing.com with this huge event on Friday night. I happen to see one name on the card. I see Hassan Rachman's on the card. What what do you know about that yes, young man? <laughs> I think a little, little bit about him. <laughs> yeah, you know a thing or two about that guy? Of course, we yeah, all know little, little we all know Hasim Jr. Tell me about Hassan. Hassan, I mean, I can tell you that I got three children that box. You know, and I feel like he's the best of, of the three. Wow. And they feel that way, too. They feel that way, too. The reason why we feel that way is because he got the best of what I can give him. He got the best of what Junior can give him. He got the best of what Sharif can give him. So we all give him our experience. He give, he benefits from all of our charges. Does as he... opposed to... <laughs> Is he really? To, hang on. Is, is he really a hundred forty-five pounder? Does he really fight at one hundred forty-five pounds? He, he fight one forty-five. How is that? How did Hasim Rockman have a son that can fight at one hundred forty-five pounds? How does that math work? Well, well, he just turned fifteen. So. Oh, all right. No, now that that changes a lot. <laughs> definitely, definitely going going I'll go to one hundred forty-five pound division, but um, right now that's 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 okay. I mean, he's like 5'10", 145, strong as an ox, got speed, got heart, got heart out of this world. So you you, you gonna see what, what y'all gonna see on Friday is a future champion in the making. Wow. How, how, do you do you think he's gonna continue like, like when when he finishes growing? Like, is he gonna be more like your size? I mean, when you when you see him, you see his hands and you see his body structure. He really has, he got big feet, he got big hands. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he definitely can fill in. I mean, I can see him going anywhere from super middleweight to heavyweight. Wow. I mean, you never know. Wow. Growth spurts happen, like, overnight sometimes. That's a great point. So, how how you know how young I mean? how young were your boys when they started boxing, it seemed? How young? They all started around 13, I mean, about 14, 15. Okay. They all started around the same age. I mean, because... Like for me, I've watched boxing, I've studied boxing. I see guys burn out. They burn out so, 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 so many times when you start them at eight, nine, ten. So they've always been around the gym, but I never let them compete until they all was like 14. Wow. Wow. We're going to see Hassan on Friday night out in Carroll County at the Ag Center with Baltimore Boxing. Again, go to BaltimoreBoxing.com right now in order to get your tickets, and it seems going to be there. 
Um, has, has seen, you know, we, we've, we've seen, uh, we've seen like Tyson get back in the ring. We've seen Roy Jones get back in the ring. Have you ever even like entertained the thought of doing something like that? Or does, do, do you shake your head at the idea of guys doing things like that? It's... I don't, I don't shake my head at that. I, I never knocked the hustle. Number one. Um, number two, I would get back in there. If a Roy Jones, if a Mike Tyson, Call me out. I'm not gonna get in there just to be fighting any old body. Yeah. But if somebody, but if somebody said my name in a way that I didn't like, I'm in there. <laughs> so like, if somebody said, "Oh, that, that Rockman was a joke of a champion or something," like you'd be ready to step then into he the can ring. Get it. Yeah, then he can get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm like really, really petty with that. So if, if they, if they want it, they can get it. Oh, man, that is so awesome. I love that so much. Rock, you know, everybody, of course, you know, we, when, when people think of you, we always think of Lennox Lewis, right? But you had so many great right. Is there a moment in your career that meant more to you that maybe other people wouldn't understand why that was a fight that was so memorable or so meaningful for you in your yeah, career? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I fought in Atlantic City, and I actually fought Corey Sanders, from South Africa, yep. he's a guy who knocked out Vladimir Klitschko. <laughs> but what people don't realize is that that's when I won my first world title here, the WBU World Title Heavyweight World Championship, and um, I won my first world title from him. And I'm actually a three-time heavyweight yep. champion in the world. Yep. But people don't really give me credit for that because they don't count the world um, Corey Sanders fight. But I count it, and it's it's it's, it's how I view myself and how I, I how I how I put it out there. And, and so then, that was my first world title fight. So that fight mean the most to me out of all my fights. And wasn't really that the fight that gave you the opportunity to fight Lennox? Yep, that's the that's the opportunity that catapulted me to for, for Lennox Lord. And um, that was you know that was my first world title. I was I was thrilled because that's why I got into boxing with the heavyweight champions of the world. Yeah, and it was a hard hitting Southpaw from South Africa who was knocking everybody out. Yep, and uh, you know, I, I knocked him out for my first world title. It fight, was a significant so. moment, no doubt, man. It was a huge fight. So I that, I remember that that, that that fight means more to me than the leg fight. Wow, wow, that's cool. That's cool. It's cool. Cool to hear you talk about that. Um, are you are you at all frustrated with any of the sideshow that exists in the sport now? Like when you when you hear the name Jake Paul, right? I'm not. Okay. Why not? I'm not because I'm gonna tell you why. I feel like it's it's good for boxing. Okay. I feel like anytime you can bring you now, Jake Paul brings viewership. He brings people to the sport that may have otherwise never even entertained watching a certain fight. So. Let's just say Jake Paul is the main event on the fight. So now he got the extra million people or extra 900,000 people watching the fight. So now they get to see somebody, or a, a real fighter, like maybe somebody on this on this, on this this card, on this card uh, Friday, when these guys may be on Jake Paul undercard one day. Yep. That the whole extra million people get the layouts on, they might be impressed with them and start following just because of that. So anytime somebody can bring Something to support. Jake, Jake Paul is bringing value, so you, I mean, you got to respect that, and, and and I think that he gives other 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 boxers an opportunity they may otherwise would never have. Do I remember that like Malik Hawkins got a got a fight on one of his undercard? I feel like somebody from around here got a fight on a Jake Paul undercard at, at some point. I can't remember exactly who. Man, you know, Baltimore's like taking over. That's the other thing too that jumps out at me, Rock. Like in in the last ten years, and you brought up Tank Davis, who's obviously at the top of the list. But like 
it feels like the Baltimore community has had a serious moment in the sport of boxing as a whole. And we have and we have some up and comers. We have some up and comers. So it, it's not it's not over. I mean, Baltimore to be such a small place, we make big noise. But you're telling me Hassan Rahman's going to be the best out of all of them. I don't. I, I, you can, you can, if they had a, a line on that, <laughs> I would tell you go to Vegas right now and put up the farm. Man, I can't wait to see him. I cannot wait to see him. I'm excited <laughs> about that. Uh, Friday night, the event out at the Ag Center in Westminster. Go to BaltimoreBoxing.com right now. Knockouts in Carroll County. Um, it is an incredible event every time Jake puts an event on. We love Jake and what he's done, and it's going to be a great night out there. Haseem Rahman, man, we're excited to see what's ahead for your boys. Um, we always love catching up with you, brother. It is great to hear. Everything else going well for you? Do you just get to sit back and yeah. be a dad now? Well, you know, I'm I'm a heavyweight champion turned cheerleader. Yeah, man. So, you know, I mean, that's what it is. And that's, uh, but I'm there for him, and, and I want the people in Baltimore to come out and see him, and y'all will see something special. That's awesome. Rock, thank you as always yeah. taking the time for us, man. Continue I appreciate to, you guys, man. Great luck and great health to your, your family, all right? Thank you. Haseem Rahman joining us here on GCR, former heavyweight champion of three, again, three time, that is correct, three time heavyweight champion of the world. And uh, it's a short list of people that can ever say they knocked out Lennox Lewis, and Haseem Rahman did that. And um, it was it was right after the Ravens had won the Super Bowl. It was like a time where I was convinced that, like, Baltimore was going to be, you know, the way that we talk about LA right now, because, like, the Dodgers, the Rams, the Lakers, the way we talked about Boston for a long time. There was this like year in the span of like what was it, fifteen months, where the Ravens won the Super Bowl, Hasim Rahman won the heavyweight championship, and the Maryland won the national championship. And I was just like, this is what it's gonna be like to be a Baltimore sports fan forever. Like it's just always gonna be this. Not quite. For, forgetting Not about quite. the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, I mean they, you know, yeah, they, they were they were bad. They then. they were very bad. And <laughs> we had sort of still had the high of like Cal Ripken retiring. Yeah. At that point, so we still sort of still had Home a little. All Star game. You know, like there was a little bit of a you know like feel emotion. Yeah, it got really bad, obviously, for a few years after that, because not only were they bad, but there was no Cal Ripken uh, in those uh, coming years. But um, man, that was what a special thing, and always great to catch up with Hasim Rahman here on GCR. Speaking of uh, Maryland basketball winning a national championship, a reminder that we'll have a new print issue of Pressbox hitting newsstands tomorrow. So today is the final day for you to go get this one with Justin Tucker on the cover, our best of issue, our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year. And then tomorrow, uh, your neighborhood Royal Farms or any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, there'll be a new print issue with Gary Williams on the cover as we celebrate 20 years, the 20th anniversary of Maryland's Men's Basketball National Championship in 2002. Um, not only did we dive into it, Stan and I, uh, for the cover story, spent uh, a, a good amount of time with Gary just sort of reflecting on more how the program got there than the season itself, right? And that's, to me, what the story that National Championship team was always about was the overall rise of a program that was in the midst of NCAA sanctions and not able to have national, they're not even able to put games on TV and all the way up to finally winning the, uh, cutting down the nets in Atlanta. We talked about that. And then he gave us a little bit more about how his perspective on that title team has changed over these 20 years. And I actually wrote a column for the print issue about how my perspective of the title team has changed in these 20 years. So that'll all be in the new print issue of press box, which again hits newsstands tomorrow. So this is your final day to go get the best of issue as that is available at your neighborhood Royal farms. 
from uh, Matt, the billionaires and millionaires can't get it figured out, so why should I bother? 2022 is yet another year of poor baseball on the road to rebuild again, so why should I bother? And I think that's, again, I think that's a prevailing thought among baseball fans in Baltimore. It's what I, I say. I think we can separate how we feel here from the way they feel, say, in Toronto or even in Texas where their team just went and spent a bunch of money. That here it's sort of like, eh, the team's not going to be any good anyway. Why does any of this affect me at all? It's still, I still want baseball to be played, and I'd still like to see progress. I still want to, you know, the idea of Adley Rutschman being a Major League Baseball player is quite appealing. Something that will get me to a ballpark this season, that will get me to tune in a little bit more than I was tuned in a year ago, even if they're very bad. We'd like to see those sort of signs that you're continuing on a path, even if you don't think the ultimate result of the year. So, so yes, I still want baseball, but I'm not nearly as bothered by it as I would be in another circumstances. I would have been going into, say, 2014. If this would have been occurring, I would have been beside myself for sure. We come back in. Cass's top five. Papa Cass's top five. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com help.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world real fresh real fast royal farms the latest issue of Press Box is available now, and it's our very special annual Best of Issue on the cover. We celebrate Justin Tucker as our Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, honoring his historic on-field achievements, but also the unprecedented relationship he shared with Baltimore. Inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of 2021, including Cedric Mullins' incredible season and the dominance of local Paralympic athletes. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Tuesday edition of the program. 
<sighs> Reminder tomorrow, Simply the Bets returns uh, 1130 every Wednesday. 1130 every Wednesday morning. Tune in for Simply the Bets. It's brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Uh, Paul and I will try to uh, – we got to learn a little bit. Like, Let's just be straight about this. I know about betting football. I have no idea about how to bet a NASCAR race. So I'm going to need Bruce Billick from the FanDuel Sportsbook to explain to me how it is that we go about trying to bet the Daytona 500 because I don't know a thing about it. So tomorrow will be a learning experience, not just for you guys, but frankly for the hosts of the show, uh, Simply the Bets. So I'm looking forward to that tomorrow morning, every Wednesday, 1130 a.m. for Simply the Bets. All right, Papa Cass. Okay, so actually I did just finish watching Hawkeye, but that wasn't the point of like why I came up with this. Me and my roommates ended up doing this like game over the weekend where we make PowerPoints and it's like as like a joke about making fun of each other. Okay. No, no, no. It's like it's like actually a thing that's happening. It's very popular. Okay. It's like some you make a funny PowerPoint that makes fun of like your like each person gets. I I gotta a be person. honest with you. I'm in. A, I don't know anything about it. Because okay. I'm not young, right. but I'm in. I love this idea. Yeah. I love the idea of making a PowerPoint presentation about why your buddies suck. It's really like, funny. I love that idea. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. And most of the time, you know, you're probably under the influence, and you yeah, know, you're sure. having a good time, yeah. and you stand up and you present. And each of course, person, you you wouldn't be. No, right. not me. Yeah, of course, you're a college no, 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 no. athlete, you Mm-mm. wouldn't do that. Strictly yeah. water. Yep. Um. Or so what, did, what did Sean White say in that interview? Mountain Dew, baby. <laughs> Mountain Dew, baby. <laughs> I do like Mountain Dew. Uh, it's been a long time, bro. It's been a really? long time. Oh my God. I'm th- what, I'm 38 years old. I have not had a Mountain Dew in tw- 20 years, maybe? Maybe 20 years. Oh, man. Maybe 20 I probably years. had 20 this year. Bro, I can't. I, I just gave up soda. After, like The only soda that I'll drink is um, uh, d- 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 uh, ginger ale. It's the only soda that I'll drink. I've been talking myself out of drinking soda for a couple of months now, but if I do, it's usually it did a do. It did a number. I, I, was, I was blessed with a uh, poor family history of dental health. Mm. <laughs> a very poor family history of dental health. And when you're young, like you can't grasp that concept. You're like, I'm fine. I don't have cavities. Mm-hmm. Like you just there's there's no way for you to be able to have a feel for like what it is that you're gonna have to deal with for years to come. Like I literally watched my grandfather have all of his teeth removed and like have to fly up to Maryland from Georgia to go to a certain dentist and we'd always have to go out for soup whenever he came to visit. <laughs> and yet I didn't grasp like, no dude, you need to take like extra precautions. And somewhere around like the age where I, they all came to me, I was like, okay, I gotta get rid of soda because it has done a number on, on my dental health myself. I have never had a cavity. In my entire life. Good for, oh, can't relate. Blessed to you. Thank your family. Thank everybody. Thank all the I'm the only one in my family. Me and my mom, That's actually. weird. Me and my mom. The only ones. Uh, I feel like it's a hereditary thing that you just have poor dental health. Like, our, our problem is our gums. Like, we mm-hmm. and my my dad's side of the family have poor gums uh, year after year after year. Now, I finally, I've fallen in love. Thank, thank Jesus Cristo that they uh, introduced me to the water pick a few years ago. Man, that has changed my life because flossing sucked. I hated flossing. Mm-hmm. Now you can do that water flossing. I can't and, floss. I'm yeah, sorry. Like it. Like, it the, sucks. No. It sucks. It feels terrible. Like all of a sudden your gums are bleeding. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? It's, the worst. it's flossing is is it's just wretched. But, and it's not it's not like a consensus. But so many dentists I've talked to have been like, dude, water flossing is just as good as regular flossing, mm-hmm. if not better. Than regular flossing. I have to look and into this. The water pick yeah. toothbrush has changed my life. Like as changed, I will take it on trips now <laughs> because I don't want to use a regular ass toothbrush anymore. That water pick is 
a ten and a half. Big fan. Anyway, I don't know how we got there. That's okay. I don't know what just happened here. The PowerPoint. How do we get there from PowerPoint? Soda. Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew, baby. That's the way it all yep. went down. Yep. So right. we made like PowerPoints and like we've made it we've done this before. It's like when we do our girls' nights, like whatever. So we have a bunch of people come over. And like the first week we did it. It was like making fun of people like you pick a person and you like do their toxic trait or what's their red flag and you make a PowerPoint on it and it's like supposed to be a joke. Okay. But then this time it was like supposed to be like comedic and like what would be your this person's like superpower. So it's supposed to be like kind of like in a make fun kind of way. But then it kind of inspired me to be like, okay, what would be my top five superpowers? Okay, but legitimate super like. Yeah, things I'm that thinking you like do. legitimate I, I, superpowers. Are you saying things that you superpowers you want to have? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's different. I was hoping like you were gonna say like I'm insanely good at like folding shirts. Uh, that's well, what I thing. was hoping for here. Um, I'm not that good at a lot of things, so I don't know. Yeah, if but I I, okay, I, I, I say that <laughs> I have, for example, I'm extreme extraordinarily good at pop a shot basketball. I'm not very good at real basketball. Okay. I'm not very good at other like arcade games, mm-hmm. but I am insanely good. It was a running bit for a long time with Ravens players. We'd take them out to do events, and I'd be like, you want to get your feelings hurt? We'll go play Papa Shot. And I would just go put up like 100, and they'd be like, what the? the F? Brandon Williams is still not okay with it. Like He's still very salty about what happened to him. <laughs> I used to be really good at six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but now as I'm getting older and the – Actors and actresses yeah, are getting I, younger and coming from like the Disney well, Channel. I would, I would and all also that. go the same I, thing. I've just forgotten who people's names are. Frankly. But like, if you give me an actor like Robin Williams, Rob, it's something I have. To, I uh, do need to. I need to think about. You it. oversold I can't, it. I can't. You, I, you, you sold it like I could just throw out a name and you would get me to Kevin Bacon quickly. I, I, I can get you to Kevin Bacon within five minutes, but I can't. No, like, like, that's not that impressive. You you oversold you, this. You, you you think it's not that impressive, but it's five minutes. You, you could. I could. It. I could sit. Oh, I could. I could get you to Robin Williams from Robin. Uh, in fact, I know I could because Robin Williams was in Hook with Julia Roberts, and Julia Roberts was literally in a movie with with Tom H- with with Tom Hanks, and that would get me to Kevin Bacon. Like I could do this. I'm pretty sure she was in a movie with Kevin Bacon. She probably was. Most people were. So I mean, like I probably yeah. could have gotten it there uh, quicker. But like I, five minutes is not doing it in, in twenty seconds. Doing it on command, I'd say that's a superpower. Mm. Like <laughs> okay. that's a superpower Sarah, if you can. Do you're it on you're the only person that's ever been impressed by this. Well, if you could do it, but you you're, you didn't prove it. You didn't prove that you could do it. You got to be able to do that. It's got to be a legitimate like suit, something you do that doesn't help anything. Like you're not gonna be able to use it to monetize it in any way, mm-hmm. but you just happen to be absurdly good at it, right? right. Like that's what I'm looking I feel like for. Like there's only gonna be one or two of those that people. Yeah, it'd be not, tough. I mean, it would be tough to get the five. You're not I wrong mean, about that. I mean, for my one, I think I five. could say that I could probably sing every single song in a Disney movie, like any Disney movie, any Disney song. Okay, song. Little Mermaid. Not singing out here. Oh, come on. Uh-uh. Not singing out here. <laughs> I'm not come singing on. out here. No. Give when, me a when the show Give me a little over. under the sea. Come on. <laughs> under the sea. Under the sea. Under the sea. Come on. What about kiss the girl? <laughs> I don't know the words. <laughs> you gotta kiss the girl. You got girl. to kiss the girl. Whoa, whoa. There come you on, go. Man. There you go. Like, I don't know my Disney. <laughs> All in on Little Mermaid. Was All that right. before or after the kids though? Uh, I mean, Little Mermaid probably before the kids, <laughs> but I like for example, I have not actually I have not watched Encanto. I know uh, we don't talk about Bruno. I'm familiar with that tune. Oh my gosh, I know the whole dance to that. I don't, I don't know that. Obsessed. I don't know the words. I just know the we don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> I just know that part. That's it. That's the part I know. All right. So the five okay. superpowers you wish you had. Yes. Okay. So the first one is not an actual power. I made it up. <laughs> so. Okay, but aren't they all? Being super good at pop a shot basketball. Aren't they all technically made up? 
I mean, yeah. sure, fine. So I call this one the Shaggy Power, which is like <laughs> Scooby-Doo. No, you have to listen. I, I thought you were going to say the ability to say it wasn't me. <laughs> I thought that was where you were going with that. <laughs> the really, Shaggy Power. I really hoping that was what it was. Which is like Scooby-Doo. Okay. Right? So go back to where like Shaggy and Scooby can like eat absolutely everything and anything. And oh, like yeah. still stay thin. Yeah, yeah. I, we call it my in my in, in my group of friends. We call it the Mike Miller ability. Like you just have an insane, insane metabolism that never ends. I call it the Shaggy Power. All right, I get it. I, I get what you're talking about. We had we had a friend who was a volleyball player who was like six four and like 140 pounds. Like I mean, something insane. <laughs> like something that just made no sense whatsoever. And we would go to dinner. And then we'd go back to my buddy BJ's house to watch a basketball game. And I swear to God, an hour later, he'd be like, dude, let's order something. <laughs> what are you, we, just, we just went to dinner. What are you talking about? Let's order something. He'd be like, bro, I'm hungry. Let's order some pizza or something. He would start like going through like the downstairs fridge at my buddy's parents' house, like asking, can I eat this? Or is this like it was something that was meant for like these little sister's mm-hmm. lunch, school lunches that week? Like, can I eat this pack of bologna? <laughs> I just love food. Like, I yeah. genuinely could eat a whole pie of pizza. I have eaten a whole pie of pizza, but the problem is, like, I would like to stay on, you know, the healthier side. Well, yeah, and you play soccer. Like, right. I understand. And, and stay like, fit. So it's like there's days where I, like, you know, I cry internally because I'm like, I really want that ice oh, cream. But then, like, I can't because it's like I had ice cream yesterday. Welcome so, to like, my life. It's literally just But me. there are legitimately human beings. That their metabolism just works so effing quickly no, that they I eat know. and they eat. And, they, and this isn't even the Michael Phelps thing. The Michael Phelps thing is different. He just burned a ton of calories like because he was constantly doing cardio. I'm just talking about people that like it's, it is in their nature that they can eat and eat and they just, yeah. they just poop a lot. One of my basically. closest friends, lit, one, of my, one of the closest people in my life can eat anything. Like I swear eats out. Like I, I've never seen this person like, ma- like he eats out every day all day yeah and like i don't understand how he doesn't weigh more than what he does like he's so thin there's no like meat on his body i i know people i know i know this i'm telling you mike miller mike miller i don't know where you are and i love you i miss you but mm-hmm. like this guy I, and it was constantly and we finally figured it out because he was always pooping like we would always we'd be all <laughs> we all be sitting together i know uh, girls don't poop so this isn't a, a situation that's a it's a probably different story. issue then right it probably has something that's to do with issue. it um, but we'd be sitting like downstairs in our buddy's parents' basement and we'd be like, what happened to Mike? And then we'd realize very quickly he was, or in the middle of a game, we'd all get excited because we'd all watch like every game together, every football game, every, any, I mean, literally anything, the World Cup, anything, we would all get together and watch. And we would all be hooting and hollering and all of a sudden we'd hear like yelling from, what happened? What? Because this is before you had ESPN 3 on your phone where you could just take it to the bathroom with you while you were pooping. He'd be literally yelling from the bathroom because we were yelling. We realized, oh, Mike's pooping again. <laughs> it's just, he just pooped all the time, constantly. So I'm with you on that one. Okay. That would be nice. Okay. Yeah. My second one would be to read minds. It's a big one I for don't. Me. I don't think you want no, that. No, I agree. No, you don't I thought actually. about this one a lot, actually, and I do. Because I was like, do I want to know what people no. think about me? Not like entirely, but at the same time, I think that it could help me a lot in wasting time. Because if someone's just lying to my face and I'm able to read their mind. You'd ruin your life. You, would ru- you wouldn't want to go anywhere. You'd I, become a recluse. You wouldn't want to do anything. Yeah, I, I tend to line up with Paul on this one. Here's where I would say it'd be, where it would be helpful. I get what you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like. If if you don't really, you know, let's say in dating, if you don't really have any interest in me, I'm not going to waste my time on this. Right. Like if you don't, whatever it is. I would say it's great with small talk, right? Mm-hmm. How many times are you with people that you like, that you're, you're generally 
happy to be in their their presence, mm-hmm. but you just realize you don't have that much to talk about. Right? I hate like, small talk, like more right. than most things. But it's frustrating because like you're you're there and you like this is a person that I, I I get along with, I enjoy people that you work with in particular that like aren't part of your day to day life, and it gets so much worse as you get older and like. You know, family is kind of what monopolizes your time, so you don't get to spend as much time with your friends. Um, and then you get together with people, and you're like happy to spend time with them, and you just realize you you don't want to talk about politics. Lord knows, you have no yeah. interest in talking about politics. You're sick of talking about like COVID. So, so what now? You know, like what's next on the list? So I feel like that's where it would come in handy is you could sort of like read their mind, figure out what mm-hmm. they're into, and be like, all right, this is how I can start the conversation. But yes, I don't know. I, is this I a, think it'd be great, honestly. Is this a pick and choose type of thing, or is it like Mel Gibson and What Women Want? Yeah, it comes where you no. can't turn it off. You know, I feel like well, ideally, my thought on this, like if I was deciding the superpower and like creating it, there is like a switch that you can like turn on and off. Because I feel like if you're walking around and all you're hearing is voices and thoughts, you just go crazy. Yeah. But I think it should be more like a controlled thing, obviously. Like, if you walk into a room, you have to, like, obviously concentrate on, like, the one person that you want to read their mind, and that's how it happens. I would really like that because, like, I just think that, like, what if what if you're talking to a dude and you're like, all right, he's pretty cute. This happens to me all the time. Right, I'm talking right, to right. a dude and I'm like, he's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. For example, I hired him as my producer. Yeah. That was, that was the way that it went. Understood. That was like, he's pretty cute. I'm going to hire him. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this gets brought up way yeah. too much. <laughs> And let's say he's like sitting there and he's like looking really engaged, but then he's actually like, "Oh my god, this chick is ugly." Like I don't want anything. But to I, do understand, with that. I understand. I understand what you're saying. It saves so it, it, you much You avoid time. wasting. I understand that, right? But at the same time, what if you find out if you're able to read their mind, you could also find out, for example, that like someone that is interested in you and like uh, you're, you're vibing, you could find out something about them that really doesn't matter, but could end up messing with you in a big way, mm-hmm. right? Like you mm-hmm. could find out that like. They pee in the shower, and for whatever reason, you care deep that you're like, God, this is gross. I don't want to. I don't want to be around somebody who pees in the shower. Right. It doesn't matter at all. It, it, it's irrelevant. It will never impact your life in any sort of way. Right. You're just as well never knowing. Okay. Right. Like it could be that you're in a loving relationship with someone who pees in the shower. Admittedly, I pee in the shower. It's. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I do that. Right. But for some people, it's a big like. That's gross. How could you ever do that? Right. And other people are like, No, we all do it. That's just the way the world works. Right. Like there's this. There's this 50-50 sort of like turn about something like that. They made a Seinfeld episode about it. They've done it's come up in every sort of circumstance. Like I this, also think about like jobs too. I think it'd be really handy in a job that like you'd be able to understand what I in my opinion, I think that like for an interview, for example. I agree what, sit it, down what and is like, it? I'm never think, hiring this person. All right, I'll see you later. Or, or the opposite, which is that you know what it is they want you to say. Mm-hmm. Like that you know exactly what's exactly. going to go about getting you this job. 100%. I understand where it can have its advantages. I just think that you're not considering the repercussions. I think that if you can't control it, like if you read minds at all times, it's not worth it. But I think if you can have a switch and like you, you can just want to know what this gentleman thinks of you, yes. does he find you attractive? Right. That's right. all you want to know. Let's specifically. just say that's just what I want to know. That's it's that's that's literally the definition. It's not really that you want to read minds. <laughs> you just want to know if a what boy do you likes think about you. me. Right. right. Instead like, of just being yeah, no, not exactly, but yeah. Uh, okay, the- let's be honest about it. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. We got to the bottom of it. All right, number number three. Time travel. No, no. Yes. No. Butterfly yes, effect. Yes, yes, butterfly yes. effect. Come on. No. 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 Mm-hmm. But I've I've thought about this like hard. So like I've I've always wanted to do like I've have you ever seen like the movie Midnight in Paris? No. Ugh. 
I don't know what midnight. I don't even know what it is. To be honest with you, okay. I've never heard of it. Well, midnight in Paris. Yeah, it's about a ride. It's not Emily in Paris, which Peyton no. Manning, of course, is a huge Mm-mm. fan of. It's one of the. It's an amazing movie. It's pretty much about this author who, you know, is, was a film producer, but now he writes books, and he went to Paris, and at midnight. The these a bunch of famous authors come and pick him up on the street of Paris. It does sound familiar now. And that you say it. he like spends time with them and gets to know them as authors and writers. But that's all not time history. travel. But they list, traveled to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that was a really cool experience. And then he got to go back in time to other places. So it was like, yes, they came to him, but he technically was time traveling because it was like he. It wasn't like they came to him and it was in his town. They picked him up in a car, and then when he got out of the car. It was their time. Have you seen Back to the Future? Of course I've seen Back to the Future. <laughs> what happens when you end up making out with your mom? Okay. What about that? I huh? don't plan on making out. I think that's, I'll know who my mom... I don't right, plan but, uh, on making the, out that, with my mom. That's the pro- your mom didn't... He, his mom didn't know it was her son. She had no clue. He knew, and that's why he was able to stop it. Okay, but you want to know why know. I want to time travel? So I can go back to the 80s and just go for once in the pit of a Motley Crue concert. You're without... so obsessed with Motley Crue. This I, is so weird. I love Motley You're Crue. obsessed. I would like to experience the hair bands or like other things how... when it was in its time, not now listening to, I don't know, like... You're not con- again. You're not considering the uh, the other side. Well, how of it. about how about if you have the ability to time travel, but you can't touch anything or be seen. So like you can time travel yeah, back to only, an event only to witness it, but only to witness point. it. Like you, and then I'm like, well, hell yeah, I disagree I mean, with it because yeah. you're not. You can't feel it. You can't. If you can only witness it, you can't actually feel it. I'm not saying I wouldn't be willing to, but it's essentially no different than watching it. Like for, I'll give an example. If if you're a big music fan, you're like, oh, I'd like to go back and be able to to watch the '69 Woodstock and see Jimi Hendrix play, right? Well, there's video of that. I can go watch that. Yeah, but you can How feel it. Like, it's like, not the same. Like you're there oh, and you can so feel the sunshine. The you can hear the music. Yes. You can you're the trying music. to come yes. up with a very specific way in which I'm feeling it, but yet not actually there. You're trying to come up with a very very. You're there, fine just nobody line. knows that you're there. You're like invisible. And even if they do, like is I invisibility can, you on can't this have list. that. Com- it is invisibility is on this list. Which one is it? Two or one? It was the last one. Oh damn! All right, all right. So you have all of these abilities. Yes. So Hell honestly, yeah. I'd be fine. But okay, even- wait a second. Wait a second. Let, let, let me go back. Let me go back for a second. The scenario you're talking about with like all the authors, you wouldn't be able to have a conversation with somebody if you're just going back and witnessing. Okay, so hear you wouldn't me be out. able to go back and like ask uh, whoever it is the, the the if you want to go back and like talk to. Tommy Lee in the middle of the 1980s, oh, in the middle of the run, you wouldn't be able to do that in that scenario. It would be Vince, by Cartman the way. Would in the Tommy Lee. Vince, sorry. Cartman in the Ninja episode, my superpowers, I have all the superpowers. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. So you can right? do whatever you want. Right, I understand. But what I'm saying is it doesn't work that way. If you try, t- the butterfly effect is too significant. You go back with the ability to talk to somebody, you could rewrite all of history, and then you might never exist. Right. No, if, never. If, not okay. If you're aware that you're time traveling and you're aware of this effect, all you have to do is blend in and be smart enough not to say yeah, anything. All you have to do. Yeah, That's not super hard. easy. That but again, it's a butterfly you could effect. You step on a bug by Exactly accident. right. And that bug was going to feed that thing and that there's a chain reaction that alters the course of human history. What are you going to do about that, Cassidy? Well, some of history what isn't even that? that delightful anyway. I don't disagree <laughs> with that, but you can't pick and choose which you history you're altering. You can't even sneeze. Because you could put something in there yeah. that they don't have that they don't have a cure for you. They don't have a COVID. yeah. You could create a virus <laughs> that, that ruins the world. <laughs> you can put, or maybe it saves the world because 
COVID has already been eradicated. 50 I, all years those ago. things sound wonderful. I'm not opposed to them, but the problem is you don't get to pick and choose which history you're altering. That's why you can't do. You never are willing to think about Into the other the side of these equations. Yeah, you could. You end up with Spider Pig. Okay, well, you could become Spider Pig. The world was ending, and I had the choice to time travel. I, yeah. Okay. Fine. If the world was ending, go. sure. I'll that give you makes that. it better. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. All right. Number two. So that was number three. I know. Now go to number, number two. Oh, okay. You're supposed to count down. The, right, you're right, supposed right. to go in opposite okay, order. Okay. Got it. So I had Cass's top five. I had two for those. I tied because I didn't know which one to pick. It's bad. I know. But so, so Cass's top six. It's not top six. We're it's just, just five. It's She's just just saying there was a tie a slash, for number. So they're in the same. So was there a tie for number two or number three? Number two. Number two. Tie at number two. So the other one is. I had teleportation and mind control. Well, it is a top six then. Yeah, it's definitely mind control. You're like an you're like you're no, an evil you know, genius. But like, <laughs> manipulative. Okay. That's why I was like, I don't want to say it on the show because then they're gonna be like, I do you want to mind control? And All I right. have reasons for it, but we're just gonna go with teleportation then. <laughs> Do this. No, no, no. no you think you can bail out of like, mind control? Okay. You want to control how other people think? No, that's not at all. She wants to control what other people do. No, not Okay, then what is what mind control do you want? I just think that like... You want to be able to make Vince Neil fall in love with you. Maybe. That's possibly. what this all it comes back be. to. It Vince all Neil. comes back Don't to the ability. Vince, yeah. She's Have in love with Vince Neil. Have you seen Vince Neil? Today, yeah, it, 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 yes, it's, it's but not, it's I not imagine great. him back. Okay, I she's, picture him back. She's got a That's Vince why Neil I have thing, man. time travel on there. I feel like I'm having deja vu. I feel like <laughs> we have. I'm not kidding about this. Somebody's gonna tell me. I feel like we've had a previous intern who was also obsessed with Motley Crue. I'm not kidding about this. I have a good friend Somebody, who's obsessed with Motley Crue. Uh, did she ever intern for me? No, it's, it's a it's a dude. He that's was not wedding. gonna. That's not gonna be. I'm telling you. I swear to God, we had a female intern who was also obsessed with Motley Crue, and I can't think of who it was. And it's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, you. So, what do you want to control? I like. Okay. It sounds bad now. Like in my head, it sounded great, and like after watching Eternals, I don't know if you guys watched that movie, but mm-hmm. Icarus, one of the characters, has mind control, and like it was, you know. It was a necessity. It, like, honestly helped save whatever they were doing, so it looked good there. But, like, now that I'm thinking about it and using it in real life, like, that's so You're making bad. yourself God. Only I if you're really incorruptible. Yeah. Only if yeah. you're incorruptible and you only use it for good. If right, but, like, I'm talking about, like, okay, yeah, let's say if someone's no. robbing absolute, a bank. Okay, absolute let's say power. if someone's robbing a bank. And you're like mind control, and then yeah, you're like, I know not rob the mind bank. control, rob the bank, and give the money to me. But it, but again, you're not thinking about it. Butterfly effect. What if the guy that was gonna rob the bank then gets away from you, and you don't see what's happening? Instead, he goes and kills three people when he could have just robbed the bank. Yeah, you're not thinking about it all. So what Cass. you're saying is just you're don't to touch play. anything. Just don't I'm, do anything. I'm just saying ever. don't try just to be watch. God. Put out your phone, video it all. Oh no, I disagree with that. I do still think that if you have the ability to stop something, you should attempt to stop it. Right. Like, I d- so I, I attempted to stop with my mind control, and then he goes and murders three people. Like I guess, I you can make you can stop that with time travel. Ah, time travel. All right. Te- all right. <laughs> so so teleportation is interesting to me because I would say I would love that. This is one of my number one actually probably. I I would miss there's something about traveling, right? There's something about like being young and uh, deciding with your friends to take like a road trip somewhere, which I guess maybe doesn't exist anymore cuz gas costs a billion dollars. Um but like when I was young, my buddies and I'd be like Dude, let's go down to uh, let's go down to Atlanta and see Sammy Sosa play against the Braves, and then there's a Dave Matthews Band concert the next night, and we'd be like, "All right, we'll do that." Like, we just hop in a car and we take a trip like that. Like, there's something about road trips, and this is also before you had access to all the music in the world, so like everybody brought their own like music ideas for the trip and like the whole thing. 
I loved it. The, the, the barstool guys that did like the road trip to, to LA, I was like, man, I'm kind of jealous of that. Like getting able to stop in different places and see different things across the country. Traveling, there's something exciting to me about traveling until I'm the one that is responsible for like taking, like when I had to drive my kids down to Atlanta to see my grandfather before he died, like mm-hmm. that part sucked because I was like, oh, it's all on me. Like <laughs> it's all on me now. I don't, I don't have the ability to like pass out and let my buddy drive, you know, like now it's all on me. But there, I do have romantic feelings about road trips. Oh, I love like sentimental road trips. I grew up on road trips. I mean, me, my mom, my dad, and my sister, like all we did was road trip, like, I don't think my dad refused to buy plane tickets. I didn't get on a plane until like high school. Yeah. Everything we did was driving, camping. We didn't right. stay in hotels. We camped. Yeah. Like all that stuff. So I'm very used to the so whole So teleportation trip. would kind of end that. Right. But like, no, because you can still choose to go on <laughs> but that But why road would trip you choose that when you can just be where you want to be? To enjoy the time. And also like you, I don't think I could take like eight people with me. And if I did, I'd have to go back and forth. Either way. I, like my point is. But it, 30 seconds. Yeah, I was going to okay, say. Whatever. My God. The point of it is. <laughs> Imagine I, being in. Sorry, Sally. You can't come with us to Cancun because it would cost me another 10 seconds in the process. Okay, but think of it this way, okay? Like, let's say you're just sitting in your house and you have nothing to do one day. And you're like, I really want to go to, like, I don't know. Mykonos, yeah, yeah I hear Hawaii. you. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm broke. Can't right. buy a plane ticket. And I have to work tomorrow, so it's not like I can take a day. Boom, transport. There. I am. You're there. Again, this is probably the one I'm most in line with you. This one's my number but one. When I was a younger man, it was like the... um it was when a when a, a young lady was like, you know, would you want to come over? And you had to start doing the math in your head, like I'm literally an hour away, you know, I, I don't want to spend the night, like I, I got to be at work in the morning. You would start doing that, math. and then you're like, well, what if I could just be there now? You know, right? Like you start, Sometimes it's the driving time that's like takes longer correct, than the 100%. actual time that you're there, but and that's the annoying. Part. In a weird way, I also think that you would not want other people to. So, like, if you're saying you're the only person that can have teleportation, mm-hmm. nobody else in the world would be able to access yeah. this. So that the only problem with it too is it gets rid of excuses for why you can't do certain things. Mm-hmm. And you're about to enter a phase in your life where that's going to become significant, where people are going to ask you to do things or expect you to do things that like you really don't want to do, right. and it's way easier to be able to say like, you know, the, it just doesn't work. I wouldn't be able to get there in time. I wouldn't be able to make it. Like you know, traffic would be a mess. I mean, yeah. Or I could just be like, I'm busy. Like I have other plans. You'd have like, to have a lot of other plans, and you'd right. have to be able to be, I could be a you'd busy have to, girl. You'd like, have to be really careful about what you're posting on social media because right. you got to cover your lies. Right. It's but way you'd have easier to, to just be like, "I'm at home now. I'm not leaving anywhere because I live 30 minutes away from mm-hmm. everything, and so it's not worth it for me to come out and do anything at this point." It's, I don't know. I think the I'm, bar would be so much easier. Well, yeah, yeah. It, would, it would eliminate drunk driving. Yeah. But again, it's just it's just Cassidy that's got teleportation. Also, I can make a lot of money off of this too. By offering to teleport yeah. other people. By teleporting into the vault yeah, of that bank would, that you stopped the robbery That's from. right. You could do that. But also, you would become very in demand, and that would almost become problematic. Right. Your, your friends would probably hate you because you didn't, you didn't always teleport them because mm. you were living your own life. And right. you were like, I'm at the bar. I'm drunk. I need you to come get me. And you're like, yo, I'm in bed. Like, I'm, I'm done for the night. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I need you to come get me. You're an a-hole. You're the only person that can do this. What's wrong with you? Right. Yeah. You're not thinking about that. Yeah. You're not thinking about that. The only that. reason why I thought about this is like I think I've driven so much just to like a bunch of soccer stuff, like my trainings, like when I would go, like when I lived back at home, I was always back and forth, back and forth. And I'd get so tired and I'd be so drained and the driving just killed me. Like there would be times where I'm like, Mom, can you please just drive me this one time? Even though I'm like what, twenty years old and can drive myself. Right. It was like, please, like 
I woke up at six, did that training. I have a game tonight. Can you just drive me, please? I don't want to do it. So how easy would it be to just get your backpack on and teleport on over? I'm with no you. Driving. It would be it would be convenient. I would 100% teleport I, to and from yeah. here every day. I would nope. be I would be more inclined. I think that's the one that I'm the most inclined on. Mm-hmm. That I think the positives still tend to outweigh the negatives. Or but well, yeah, I mean, it, but I that, love that. It would become a problem, but then you have to acknowledge the fact that most of the time when you're late, it's your fault. It's not really the fault of like, I mean, the traffic. It's because you well, didn't I'm late, leave in time. Usually, like my fault. That's so. what I'm saying. Like it's because. But you, it would prevent it. It wouldn't though, because you would just push back when you wake up. You would just say, "I'm going to wake up 45 minutes later because I'm getting rid of my 45 minute commute." Right? Thank like, God, and that's more I, sleep. I I agree with that, and that's a good thing. But it's not going to make you stop being late. You're still going to push it to the very last minute mm-hmm. in order to get somewhere. It's just the, the nature of humans. Yeah. All right. Number one, it was invisibility. No. I, well, Wait, yeah. yeah. Well, he called it out. It wasn't. It mixed me up because he said is invisibility one of them, and I said yes. It wasn't okay. my first one. But it's number. Well, then what's number one? It was that one. Teleportation. Oh, okay. Invisibility oh, was invisibility a was on a, already yeah. on the list. Mm-hmm. And again, you're the, you would be the only person that would have invisibility. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I would like invisibility, right? I think I would, the ability. But then again, it runs into things we're talking about. Like, what if people are talking about you? Like, you go be invisible, hear what it is they're saying about I'd you? I'd rather that. I think I'm just a different breed. Like, maybe I can just take it. I would way rather know what people are saying about me than wonder or, like, feel stupid being their friend and, like, have them talking behind my back. I'd rather know. Like, I'd way rather know. I I tend to agree with that. I tend to. I don't. I guess it's probably. I probably. I probably agree with that. I don't I hate probably, myself. Yeah, just tell so me. it's like, like let's not let's stop says, wasting each other's time. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Just because people say it doesn't mean you have to believe it. That's on your own terms. There's that. Oh no, I agree with that. But it's also like the if 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 you don't think I'm good at this or if you don't think I'm just let's get it all out on the table. Let's mm-hmm. just get it all on the table and not wasting each other's time with any of it. I don't disagree with that. As so many whole. people don't like confrontation, so that'll never happen. Um, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the downside of invisibility is I think the first people, first thing somebody would say is again, it's corruptible, right? Like it would absolutely put you in a place where you'd end up, you know, feeling as though you could get away with committing a crime because you can, you've had invisibility, right? And that's extraordinarily dangerous because if that's an option, why, if I can get away with stealing a bunch of money from a bunch of people, why wouldn't I do it, right? Like, if I know I can get away with it, why wouldn't I just go and choose to do it? It's a really, that's a, that's a tough thing for me to sell. Like, it, the, the biggest reason why you don't do it is because you're going to get caught, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you know you're not going to get caught, then you're just always going to choose to do the right thing when, like, life's tough. And Glenn leaves his cart in the middle of the grocery store parking lot. No, 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 no. That to me is a, a level of evil that I can't put words in. I always <laughs> take my gross. I'm talking about like if you know that you can go to that bank that you just stopped the bank robber from and you could rob the money yourself because you're invisible, why wouldn't you do it? What would prevent you from doing it? Well, the money's that? not invisible. Moral value. That, like, but that's what it comes down to. Right. Is, is your moral compass so strong yes. that you'll always do the right thing even yes. when you're struggling? When you're sitting there saying to yourself, I'm broke. And yeah, I I'm know. Not, yeah, I wouldn't steal from a you, bank. You could totally steal money from a bank because they have the insurance to replace that money that you yeah, steal. Yeah, honestly, nobody's going to notice it. You don't want st- to like, reach into crime. my pocket and steal my steal twenty bucks it's out not of my a pocket. Victimless crime. But it's, you're victimizing a bank. You're yeah, not victimizing a human. You're victimizing a major company. Yeah, print all this, is, this is the office space conundrum where they're like, we're just rolling off tens of pennies. That's all we're doing. That's all right, it. Then after crime. Friday's show, let's go rob a bank. I don't, no. I'm not invisible. <laughs> <Cats>. Not invisible. <laughs> we can't time I'm travel. I'm going to get caught. Teleport. 
Point I don't have I'd, a dirt bike. I think I have a strong moral compass, but if I didn't, if there wasn't a risk involved, if I knew I would always get away with things, I'm not sure how strong my moral compass would be at that point, right? Like, I don't know that I wouldn't. I'd like to hope, but I don't know that. Like, why would I, why would, no offense, why would I want to come in here every day and work and grind when I could just steal money and, and live on the, the high horse? Kevin you know? Bacon in Hollow Man. There you go. Prime example. Back, five, there it is. Five degrees, Kevin Bacon. That's the Just, one. <laughs> there you go. I didn't even think about 60, that. Whatever it was. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Very good, Cass. Thank you very Thank much. You. That's uh, that's Cass's top five for this week. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you by the CIAA tournament. Coming up next week, February 22nd through 26th at Royal Farms Arena, CIAA tournament.org. CIAA tournament.org to get your tickets. It's going to be an amazing event. All right. This one might be a little bit more difficult. Uh, LeBron James tweeted out yesterday that the Lakers, Dodgers, and Rams should have a joint parade. And while many think LeBron was speaking out of turn due to the Lakers' run of mediocrity just, the last it's two just seasons, dumb. It's he, just dumb. he sort of has a point. The Lakers and Dodgers both won championships in 2020, and with the Rams winning Super Bowl 56, that makes three professional championships in 18 months, which is damn impressive. Since 1970... So it doesn't city. count New York in the late 60s where they seem to win, win everything and win it all against Baltimore. Right. That's, why I, that's why yeah. I started in the 70s. Since 1970, a city or region has won multiple professional championships in the same calendar season nine other times. Can you name the nine occurrences? I'm going to guess Boston. I'm going to guess, uh, and picking out which combination, I'm not sure, but the, the Patriots and the Red Sox. They did that twice. Do you know the years? <laughs> I mean, I, the Red Sox won four, so uh, I, it's hard for me to remember. I've told you yeah, before, I, the year I, thing. That's why I said this one's very hard. So they did it twice, me. in 2004 and yeah. 2018. Okay, so is it the year? This is the other tricky part. Is it the year that the Super Bowl was held, or was it the year of the season? The year of the season. Yeah, that's this is all this is all very difficult. Um, I will. Was there any other Boston one? No. Okay. That's a little surprising, actually. And there's one that I didn't want to put in here, but it's... What? This is it's, very it's, weird. It's a, it, this one's a... Oh, a, a Tampa with the Lightning and the Buccaneers, for yep, sure. They did, they did it last year in yep. 2020. Or not... Wow, that wasn't last year. They did it last summer, though. Right. Um, Boston, Tampa. Uh, how about... Who else would have done this? Who else would have done this? Um, no, it's not them. It's uh, the Capitals and Nationals were a year apart, weren't they? Were they were a year apart. Yeah, they were a year apart. So, boy, I actually am struggling to come up with more on this list. Uh, was there a Giants-Yankees crossover year? I don't think there. Not Giants-Yankees. Not Giants-Yankees. So instead. Uh, yeah. The the I'm, I'm trying to think of who was it the year the Mets won the World Series and yeah it was mm-hmm. who else won the, oh the Giants yeah Giants yeah, Mets yeah of course Giants right. Mets in yep. 1986 yep. now one of these it's. I didn't like it. I don't really know what you're doing here, but 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 it's technically the same region because it's not the same state, but they they're like right next to each other, so people identify them as the same. What? It's not the same state. Well, you already did the Giants play in New Jersey, so you already covered that. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. 
not the same state. Technically, they're state. the New York Giants, but they play I know, in Jersey. I know that. I'm trying to come up with who plays in a different state. That doesn't make any sense. Who else plays in a different state but is considered the same region? Oh, this is really confusing. You have you have vastly confused I feel me like you're going to get upset with me. I'm just going to tell you. It's in 2000, the New Jersey Devils and the New York Yankees well, it's the won same, championships. It's the same concept as that, right? right. Like, but, yeah. but, but they're called the New Jersey yeah, Devils. Yeah, I, I think that one you need to strike from the list. I don't yeah. think that's a real thing. Yeah, I didn't want to put it in there, but it was in there. So, so were there any other New York? Like, I, I've covered New York. Is you've, there anything you've, else? You've covered New York. Okay. That's what I was trying to get to. I mean, we got to pick up the pace on this, obviously. Um, Chicago. Anything in there? Okay. How about... Was there a w- did the Red Wings win the year the Pistons won? No, no. How about a Broncos Avalanche? No, it's a little surprising actually. Mm-hmm. It it's actually a little is. surprising. Yeah. How I think the Avalanche won in '97? It's hard for me to. I mean, like remember who? I, I can't remember any year. Remembering a Stanley Cup year is going to be yeah. basically impossible. Uh, how about the uh, Bay Area? No. Well. What? Same state. So there's another L.A. one. What do you? There's there's two L.A. ones. There's two other L.A. Well, this started with an L.A. thing. That's the reason why I'm struggling with this. Mm-hmm. this so there's more L.A. Mm-hmm. So the the Lakers and Kings. No. Jesus. Uh, did it, does it cover the one that we're talking about? Does it cover? No. So I should have guessed the Dodgers and Lakers. Yeah, in 1988. Is there another LA one? Yes. Oh my God. This is this is absurd. Uh, the a- Angels and Lakers. Angels and Lakers in two thousand two. Okay. How many more are there? <laughs> we got this is. I, we we gotta go. Um, one of them you should get. One of them I should get. I should. One of them I should get. I'm not really sure. Honestly, you should get both of them. I mean, there's only so many cities, so eventually I'll run into one. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of them I should get. I should. Why should I get it? Uh, I'm gonna cut this off in, at, when this clock turns to twelve. Yeah, I mean, we should probably cut it off a, a while ago. I'm, 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 I'm at a loss. Uh, no, no, that didn't happen. All right, 1970, All right. the Baltimore Colts and the Baltimore Orioles. Was it the 70 season? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was because they won. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, fine. And 1979. I, by the way, when you lead it with after 1970, then 1970 shouldn't be included. It's, it's since 1970. Oh, did you say? I'm pretty sure you said, I said after. No, because I've read it right off my All phone. Right. I said since right. 1970. Right, and then fine. in 1979, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Pirates. All right. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. All right. I'm remembering which years the Steelers, but yeah, sure. All right. They're, they were both long ago. All right. Fine. 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 <laughs> uh, tubular brought to you by. Live Casino and Hotel, that is the place to be. And, of course, if you haven't signed up for Live Rewards yet, you should do it now because you can win your share of a lot of cash. You can win your share of $10,000 just by signing up. You can also receive $20 in free play as a new Live Reward member. Sign up by March 31st because the cash drawing is on April 1st. 
Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. Uh, Patrick Stevens mentioned Towson lacrosse in action this afternoon against Mount St. Mary's and Flow Sports at four Big Ten hoops tonight on BTN. Michigan State, Penn State at 6.30, Minnesota, Ohio State at 8.30. The rest of the college basketball find at glennclarkradio.com. TNT, Celtics, Sixers at 7.30, Clippers, Suns at 10, NBC Sports, Washington, Capitals, Predators at 8.00. Um, Olympics tonight uh, coverage includes on CNBC the USA and Canada and women's curling big win for the men last night had to uh, to drag that one out there against Switzerland but they got a big victory and then the um, uh, quarterfinals in men's hockey tonight the USA and Slovakia that's going to be part of USA's coverage I think it's about 11 for that Uh, the Sci-Fi Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8 some non-sports highlights Uh, yeah Wow. Yeah. Abba, abba, abba. yeah Abbott sure. Elementary at 9 o'clock on ABC. Um, Mark Wahlberg is going to be on Jimmy Kimmel Live after that at 11.35. And then, you know, stuff and things. All right. Very good. Cassidy, remind everybody where you are on social media. Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth 22. And then Twitter, Cassidy Butler 5. Very good. Thanks today to Asim Rahman. Thanks to Terry Nolan Jr. and to Patrick Stevens. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow, Simply the Bets. I assume Drew's joining us. Anything else? Stuff and things. Stuff and stuff things. things. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the CIAA Tournament, Great Eights Memorabilia, Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Blue Line Canine, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Uh, go Towson Lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.